This program contains mature subject matter. Including maladjusted youth, masochistic hillbillies, and the excitement of the price is right. It may be deemed inappropriate for our younger viewers. Viewer discretion advised. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. <laughs> I'm giving you a choice. I could put on these glasses or start eating that trash can. You maniacs! What is a man? When we are successful, we will be. We have a real chance to this I got my life back. Now, now I can enjoy every day that I live. I can really enjoy myself. And before. Even a good day was hell. I mean, I couldn't enjoy nothing. But now I can enjoy myself. That's when I said wonderful. I look at the future the same way uh, uh, um, a young guy, 25, 30-year-old would. His biggest problem was he would sleep a lot. And I mean, uh, he slept, He was at the point where um, he was could be sitting in here talking like I'm talking and fall right off to sleep while he was talking. I went to the point where I had to put his socks and shoes on, his clothes on, his shaving, wash his hair, look out of him just like you would look out of a two or three year old. He said, I'm in so much pain, I've got to have that pain medicine. He said, I just cannot live without that pain medicine. People would look at him and literally think, well, he's got to be drunk or he's got to be high on something. They didn't know, you know, he was just on a lot of medicine. And my phone rang and it was him and he said, uh, I can't go no farther. And the highway patrolman told me within five minutes after I got off the phone with him, he ran off the road. That's when he ran off the road. And they said what happened, eyewitness behind him said that they thought maybe he'd got distracted, which I knew what was wrong with him. He fell asleep from that medicine. I knew what it was. When I first started, I was on 20 milligrams in the morning and 20 in the evening. And it worked. <laughs> it worked. Since I've been on this new pain medication, I have not missed one day of work. And my boss really appreciates that. Lauren is there every day. So I'm able to be very productive, a productive um, person again, which is really great. Eventually, it stopped working. And it got increased. I think it was 40 in the morning and 40 in the evening. And then eventually that got increased. <laughs> this went on for years. Went on for years. I lost my job and I lost my insurance. So it got to the point where <clears throat> I couldn't afford it. And I didn't buy it one time. And that was the beginning of the end for me. Because I could no longer afford it. But the time that I went without it was uh, probably the most... Unbelievable, excruciating, horrible time of my life. The withdrawals were just un 
unbelievable. I just knew eventually I was, uh, you know, I'd probably kill myself OD taking this medicine. I would never take another Oxycontin. There's, you couldn't get me to take another Oxycontin. Never again. Pushing pills, and this is Behind the Schemes, episode 30 for January 25th. Uh, we got Booberry and Malachi here tonight. Hello, how's everybody doing? And uh, we are very pleased to have a brand new guest join us for tonight. Uh, you can find him uh, if, you, if you're hip to that sort of thing. Uh, he hangs out with us on No Agenda Social. Please welcome Atlas Agent. Hey, if we got a button for it. <laughs> hey, guys, how's it going? I really appreciate uh, being on the show. Thanks for having me. Hell yeah, dude. Thanks for joining us. This is, uh, I think it's going to be quite the show for tonight. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> it's very, very encompassing and it's, it's going to be some good shit. I, I'm, I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping just by glancing at everything that we got laid out for tonight that we can navigate towards a, a model like this. Cause this is, this gets me excited, man. Um, before we get too deep into that, uh, we do have some good news. We have a substantial donation from one Sir Seatsitter of the show Abs in a Six Pack. And he sent in $15, and I have a note from him. And if I can remember where the fuck it was, I will read it. That's no, not that important. No. And it says, <laughs> keep up the great work. I expect big things from behind the schemes in the coming years. And uh, and for your generous donation, we're going to play, where is it, a soundbite. Do a commercial, you're off the artistic roll call. Every word you say is suspect. You're a corporate whore, and uh, end of story. Just like that. <laughs> so thank you very much, man. We appreciate it. Um, you, you turned me on to that uh, podcast, too, when you gave me a list from uh, what was in No Agenda Social or whatever the podcast uh, list that they have from No Agenda, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so I checked out some of them, so that's cool. Yeah, his uh, his latest show. I forgot. I think it was an- analyze this. Um, it was a swap cast with another show of. Uh, I think the nicest way to put it would be uh, a couple of boneheads. Um, but that's just from my perspective speaking, and maybe we'll get into a little bit of that later but i highly recommend it out uh y- y'all checking it out because i i thought he valiantly stood his ground and i told him as such on the on the nas tonight i i did look at your uh <clears throat> the thread <laughs> seemed pretty pretty interesting uh, i like it, it what do you say he couldn't use the word. He couldn't call, call anybody a retard because that was derogatory. And he was like, "Some of my best friends are retards." <laughs> I thought that was great. I like it. It was. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it's so much of. I feel, and maybe we're guilty of this just as much. But you know, at, at some point, it's just. You're hitting all of the major talking points for presenting your argument. I have this study, and I have this scientist that I worship because I'm a bleeding cult member. <laughs> um, 
And that's what we're here to talk about tonight. We're we're gonna get into some of the pandemic action, the the two movies that were released last year, and there's so much of this that the the players involved over the course of this uh, the past couple of months and and a little further back, these folks have been out fighting. The pharmaceutical industrial complex <laughs> doing the good work. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, one of the things that to take into account about this video is, uh, you know, they had the Mickey Willis had the first one, and it was controversial. Had Judy McAvitz in it, and I just think it's so important to hit some of these points to understand. Mickey Willis even talks about in the second one that he wanted to make sure that every single point he brings up is fact-checked and that it was legit So because he doesn't get targeted by being uh, censored on the Internet. Yeah. Well, that, that censorship is showing no, uh, no let-up on the bullshit. Well, yeah, you know, I want to go off of what he says, fact-checking, yeah, and that's all just like, okay, well, who's going to fact-check it? PolitiFact or something? And uh, I see him moving again. Uh, but he doesn't have audio. He is just uh, going, going, going. <laughs> I need a I need to like flash the <clears throat> hello man. One thing that uh, behind the schemes is good at is uh, technical <laughs> issues. <laughs> Total pros, damn it! <laughs> yeah, you well, should man, see. Doing, what do you do? It just drops out mid sentence. I mean, what the fuck? You, you know, know I, I feel like. A- I feel like uh, I was having the same problem with Monty in that last one we did, um, which this would be a, a good uh, point to do some quick filler. Uh, I do apologize for the lack of episodes this past week. Um, I myself have uh, picked up two, jo- two jobs. Yeah, sorry. Um, I didn't know how else, <laughs> how else to get your attention. Um, oh, I saw that. Yeah, I didn't saw my phone. <laughs> No, you're good. Like I was just saying, I uh, was having the same problem with uh, Monty last time we recorded, and then I was doing a quick apology. Um, we're going to be getting back to your regularly scheduled bullshit. <laughs> and and a little bit of that was mine. I think you wanted to do something last Monday, uh, but I was completely exhausted. I had a little uh, vacation with the family and kind of deal, and it's... Yeah, it's all good. I I think uh, it was hard for two days. So, good time to take a quick break. But um, yeah, uh, getting back into the censorship and uh, Mickey and you know, it's. I thought the the thing that worked the most about the pandemic video is um, it was the perfect format for Facebook social media. You know, it's definitely got that viral viral element to it, Um, but. Man, is it a trip to see everybody being like, "Oh yeah, we I, I checked Snopes and it's bullshit." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Such more like a crock of shit. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So you know, I. Anyway, Bert, you there? Yeah. there? Okay. Yeah, moved your camera. Oh, I did. Oh, sorry. Bird wearing his nice uh, no agenda hoodie, though. Which yeah, is really- you see that, don't you? 
Yeah, I think he's the the first one out of any of us to get some sweet no agenda swag. They got some good shit up there. It came in uh, three days too, which is pretty interesting. I mean, that's really fast. Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah! They do that on purpose. Better than thirty three days. Yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> is it? Yeah. All right. Well, man, how, who's going to kick this off? How are we going to roll in this thing through here? I know Bert, our uh, Atlas agent, did a lot of uh, really good prep for this, and I'm really excited to just get into it. You know, I'm really wanting to just <laughs> raise my fist up and just plunge it straight into this <laughs> two episodes. <laughs> Like like knuckles first or the bottom of your palm first? And whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. <laughs> Plandemic, Judy, Mick, uh, Mickey, what was his last name again? Uh, I, Mickey Willis. Mickey Willis. Plandemic comes out uh, the spring of last year. Instant social media hit. Taken down everywhere. Uh, truly, nothing ever dies on the internet, so it still popped up and around. Uh, I guess when was the first time you'd seen this? Uh, was it about the same point as I guess as everybody else, or did it take a couple of weeks to filter down? You talking about for me first? Yeah, uh, I saw playing. As soon as I heard about, it, I, I grabbed it off the internet because I knew it was going to get banned. One of my friends shared it with me. Um, and maybe it was on Facebook, but uh, I watched it as soon as it came out and then was just amazed at how fast it was getting attacked on the Internet and getting taken down, you know? Yeah. I like to say, you know, if it was all fake and false, why would you want to take it? Why do you feel the need to have to remove it? You know, it's just like the argument of the election results or something like that. If it's all fake, you know, you should be easily be able to prove that we're incorrect. Let me jump in and say one thing that was really interesting. So do you remember uh, when the, you know, alien, because you know how they just released all the UFO uh, documentation that came out that was uh, declassified, right? I think that was two weeks ago. It was on the Gramerica podcast. Yeah. They were talking Mm -hmm. about it. So it used to be in vogue in the middle of the 90s when uh, the X-Files was popular to search for UFOs, read about it all that kind of stuff. And the internet was just starting to get really popular. Not everybody had a computer. There was tons of websites out there about conspiracy theories about UFOs, right? But it was never even thought of to censor it or delete it off the internet. So, like, to Mike's point, when you censor something, there's a reason why you don't want it to get in people's hands. There could be two reasons. One, they want to protect you because they think it's dangerous. Or two... They're concerned you get the information because you know, you find out something you're not supposed to. I mean, that's usually the two schools of thought. That, but e- either way, I mean, it's it's really it's frustrating when they try to delete stuff off the internet because you should be able to choose for yourself, um, especially if it's not anything illegal. Right, and you know, to that point, even the discussion of it can be shut down. You know, shadow band, perma band. Uh, which is something um, uh, Judy has experienced a fuck ton of. Uh, they, she was just on a Union of the Unwanted swap cast that was about three hours long. And she talks about how uh, 
just you know the whole banning process in general and uh it's even to a point where a lot of the information i guess that's a that's online about her she has no ability to rectify no no uh stance or stand to um change any of it it's totally out of her hands so it's it's uh it's like the wikipedia being able to uh create false information on the wikipedia page and then lock out the person whose name it is and and not allow you allow any corrections that's what it it talks about that in pandemic and that she even mentions she's like i'm locked out of my own wikipedia account and at what at what point in society you're like, hey, that's me, but oh no, you can't add any information by yourself. That's insane to me. Unless she's trying to do something illegal, I don't understand how that 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 ends up happening. I mean, the pandemic explains why all that happens too. But you know, well, we're in an interesting time too, where I think they're trying to make new things illegal. I think they're trying to make. I think they, being just, I'll call them communists. Um, being uh, are are wanting to create new laws and you know it's basically like if you are anything to the right of stalin you are you're a domestic violent extremist (gasps) a dve yes so you know they're trying to make it's the demonization and and then they can see Whatever they can make up anything to fit their narrative, but we we had talked about this before too, and and I don't want to talk too much, but we can get into all the different clips. But it's what we're here to do, talk. But right, but I'm just saying. But one of the, one of the things that they they talk about with with Judy Makovitz is immediately the moment they come out, the first uh, label is anti-vax. And Mike and I have talked about this before. I'm not trying to say whether someone should be anti-vax or not. It's not what I'm saying, but. I didn't know that being anti-vax was illegal or fake news or a conspiracy. And so when she comes out, that's one of the labels they immediately do. And see, it's a tactic because they know the majority of the population will see that and say, this is an anti-vaxxer. She wants everybody to have measles or whatever it is, you know, and she and it's nefarious or whatever it is. But that's not illegal and it's not fake and it's not a conspiracy. It's an opinion about anti-vax stuff you know what i mean so i just don't understand how that happens well the one of the major talking points that uh these quote-unquote boneheads <laughs> from that swap cast earlier today kept kind of harping on is that you if you choose not to take the vaccine and and by in turn not vaccinate your children uh not only are you a walking biohazard that is just going to typhoid marry the fuck out of people but your kids shouldn't also be able to uh, uh, participate in any sort of public school <laughs> which I mean at the end of the day maybe so school <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> alrighty then but, but you, you have to think about it though you, you make a social contract when you're around the majority of people and if they have rules like that in society, sometimes you have to follow them. But Mickey Willis makes sure to call out, too, in this movie. He, I'm paraphrasing what he says, but he says, I'm not demonizing doctors and putting them under the microscope or attacking them or medicine because medicine has helped millions of people all over the world. So it's the, the whole point of this movie is not to demonize 
the medical industry or doctors. It's just it's talking about corruption and greed. And that's one of the reasons why, to me, that she's attacked because they don't want her, whether her opinions are true or not, or her facts are true or not, they don't want it to uncover any type of rabbit hole that somebody goes down. Yeah, it's protecting the bureaucrats. Yeah. And that's the crazy part of the whole story. Because first time when I saw it, too, all the stuff she was saying, I was like, there's no way this stuff could be true because if it was, it'd be all over the Internet. And then I saw Pandemic, too, and I was like, whoa. You know, I mean, I've I've been in IT for a long time, and I know how technology works. You know, and and I know whatever you put out on the internet is not yours, and it's controlled by these companies that have it, and they're private companies and all that. But you would just think that the truth would be able to get out there in some fashion, and you can't stop it. But these companies have become so powerful now; they have full control of the narrative. I mean, we all know this. This is, you know, not new news to us. It's just there's shit coming out. I think it's it's clear to us, you know, we talk about this stuff. We 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 see what's going on kind of I think that that a lot of people like maybe the two guys that you were talking about Adrian the, that Sir Seat Sitter was talking with today. Can't oh, there was there was three or four of them. I think I think he said that the with him included there was five. <laughs> so it was four on one. <laughs> oh. What is what is the story? Tell me what's the story? Well, he was just going. Well, go ahead, Adrian. You know. Oh no, uh, Abs and Six Pack. They did a swap cast uh, recently, and I was listening to it today. Yeah. And uh, essentially, this other show that he was conversing with is totally pro lockdowns and mask and vaccines. And um, okay, you know, it, it's it was kind of illuminating because you know here's people of the public, you know, small media um, parroting. The, <laughs> I think one of the things, <laughs> one of the things I wanted him to ask them for me was, "Are you sure you're you're okay to breathe with all that pharmacog down your throat?" <laughs> Man, really, he was on no agenda social. The conversation was on there. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay, that's an interesting uh, reading ground for that conversation. So. Uh, you it's, know, you a lot of this stuff, you know, you can follow the money in a lot of things in politics and in scams and schemes and, and all that stuff. Uh, I think, you know, the the fact that they are treating they, they are going all in on a, a, a vaccination and, and shutting down any talk, literally shutting it down of of, of therapeutics or, you know hydroxychloroquine, zinc, and the others that are cheap, readily available, safe in the scheme of medicines that have been around for 50 years. Um, you know, they refuse to treat these with, uh, you know, something cheap and ineffective. So there's a billions of dollars to be made by the pharmaceutical company. And um, it just came out that um, the CDC's budget uh, – the initial budget for 2020 was eight billion dollars, and it has increased to forty-six billion dollars. Damn! So, wow, that's a fucking huge, you know, big big budget, big fucking money. Some, and I believe Fauci is the highest-paid bureaucrat in the nation, too. Well, they they talk about, and it's in one of these clips too. They talk about the budget for the WHO. Um, 
and they it was like the travel was the majority of their expenses and yeah. then the minimal expenses for all the other stuff which was which was fascinating there's always going to be logistics involved but i mean it's just it's too much fuck them they lied about the whole shit from the get-go they should be held accountable but now our new fearless leader is going to get down on his old, decrepit, weak knees and suck the cock of Xi Jinping, you know, until Xi Jinping tells him to stop. And you know, you yeah. know what he's going to say? You know what he's going to say? No. No, no, no. You know what he's going to say? What? Taiwan. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> The things I always want to say at work, I never can. <laughs> um, so speaking of the get-go, uh, I think this is a, a good jumping-in point for some of the clips. And I guess one of the first questions to ask is, <laughs> well, what's in a name? Plandemic. Where did it start? Did it start in, uh, well, I guess some of the lockdowns are in March and uh, all the Wuhan shit started breaking in November, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was around November, something like that. Yeah, but uh, you know, there's always event two hundred one. So here's uh, here's clip number one. On behalf of our center and our partners, the World Economic Forum and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, I'd like to extend a very warm welcome to our audience here in New York, as well as our larger virtual audience participating online today. The event two hundred one scenario is fictional. Today's scenario is going to simulate meetings of a multi-stakeholder group called the Pandemic Emergency Board. We're at the start of what's looking like it will be a severe pandemic. And there are problems emerging that can only be solved by global business and governments working together. There has been uh, some conspiracy theories that are around about uh, the potential that pharmaceutical companies or the UN have released this for their own benefit. And maybe this is a time for us to showcase some cases where we are able to to bring forward some bad actors and leave it before the courts to decide whether they have actually spread some fake news. A new- <gasps> oh no. <laughs> I'm so sick of the concept of fake news. I'm sorry to interject here. I just, I, I want to get this off my chest really quick because we didn't need the past four years administrations to prove or show or point out or have people incessantly decry anything that comes from anyone that you happen to de- disagree with that it's fake news. I'm sick of that concept. And I, I wish there was a way to sort of, uh, uh, retake, I guess, that concept because lo and behold, news has always been fucked up and fake. <laughs> Sorry. I'm serious, man. As long as I've been alive, it has been. Well, I mean, I think one of the other points to call out in that clip is uh, when they mentioned the term bad actor. Yeah. That- <laughs> you know I mean? And that they go into it more in some of these other clips. But- <laughs> That's what triggered me was bad actor. <laughs> I mean, you know, hey, we- college with some bad actors didn't we adrian (laughs) i was a bad actor i only did one i auditioned once and didn't get it for shame and then my appendix exploded so um excuses you know there okay so i i was kind of curious about the beginning of this because it, it it it's a uh it's a collection of uh broadcasters right 
and they're they're going through and they're they're talking about um well the clip that you just heard there was the chairwoman in the around the table kicking off the agenda there's other um clips that show like the faked footage quote unquote i know we just talked about that word fake the the stage footage you know for like the simulation but that that video that you just heard was them kicking off all the requirements in the stage for the simulation right 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 so this one this one was a mixture okay um, yeah, there's a specific term for that, and I'm totally blanking. Stock footage. Not stock. Canned footage. No, that doesn't sound right. Anyways. New coronavirus. Infected people got a respiratory illness with symptoms ranging from mild flu-like signs to severe pneumonia. In related news, a significant demand for personal protective equipment like N95 masks and gloves are on the rise. Patients are overwhelming healthcare facilities. People are avoiding public spaces out of fear of infection and in compliance with public health recommendations. Our U.S. affiliate has just released polling results on public expectations for a vaccine. And 65% of those polled are eager to take the vaccine, even if it's experimental. I'm not optimistic about having the vaccine in time to be relevant during this pandemic. With enough money and political will, anything is possible. Penalties have been put in place for spreading harmful falsehoods, including arrests. If the solution means controlling and reducing access to information, I think it's the right choice. What exactly are the risks and benefits of staying home from work? Absolutely, we need to save lives, but we literally cannot afford a heavy-handed response that suffocates our economy. The world saw large-scale protests and in some places riots. This led to violent crackdowns in some countries and even martial law. The public lost trust in their respective administration. Economists say the economic turmoil caused by such a pandemic will last for years. The societal impacts, the loss of faith in government, the distrust of news, and the breakdown of social cohesion could last even longer. We have to ask, did this need to be so bad? For some people, yes. Mm. So what, one of the things to take into account, and it's in section, I don't know, like eight or nine of the movie, the golden key quote in all of this is, and we'll, we get to it later on in the show, when Bill Gates says, we've never simulated this, we're in uncharted territory, and we don't know how to deal with it. And he's actually on video on the BBC saying that, which is fascinating because this, the, the event 201, I'm not, I'm not in the school of thought saying that they predicted coronavirus exactly. I'm just not going to do that. But what I am saying is every single element that's in event 201 is almost is like 90 to 95% the same thing we've experienced in the past year, which is fascinating because then for him to say we've never simulated it and we don't know what to do, as you get into the details on all these clips, it's unbelievable some of the stuff that happened through Event 201. And, and this movie covers other things, not just Event 201, but I think Event 201 is one of the keys to understanding what's going on. You know, I think, was it Roosevelt that said nothing in politics or something like, uh, in politics, nothing happens by accident? Yeah, yeah I mean, you can argue that Oh, the event 201 is not political, but I would argue that it is political because it had uh, world leaders in there. Wasn't there members of the military there, too, as well? Am I mistaken? In the, in the event 201, yeah, they had uh, members of the media, military, government, all that. 
Yeah. yeah. Just in the simulation. Well, yeah. obviously, y'all never read the PolitiFact uh, article about 201, so. Do you have it up? See, but and, and let me just say one more thing real quick. The the thing that is fascinating is why has this event not been talked about more in the media, period? The only articles that really spun up were no, it's a fact check. No, Bill Gates did not predict coronavirus. End of story. And that's the fact check. It was like in USA Today and a couple of articles. But this is a true event put by Bill Gates Foundation, John Hopkins, and the World Economic Forum. So if all those people sponsored it, why wouldn't it ever be talked about in the news all over the place? You think it would be saturated with all the things that they had learned from it. And it's just, it's it's kind of just put in the corner and not talked about. Because most people I talk to, hey man, you ever heard of Event 201? They're like, no, what's that? Yeah, you know, funny enough, uh, I did have a conversation um, with a stagehand back in, this had to be February, it was part of that uh, hellacious five cities in two weeks on that past tour, but um, yeah, we we had a long, long conversation actually about, uh, uh, it was a lot of like uh, social sesame and um, uh, it's more specifically like raising your kids on it. Um, but also event two hundred one, so it's um, it was kind of on my that was I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that's when it was kind of on my radar it was probably mid February, but that came from a one on one interaction, and I had never heard of it until I watched because I mean I watched the first pandemic with with Judy Makovitz, and then when the second one came out I was like man I got to watch this before it gets banned, and you know that's when the London Real uh, adds the the I forgot what that guy's name is, but he put out the Freedom Platform, and it's on a. It's kind of the same concept like Mastodon, where it's it's not controlled by the people, and the movie's able to sustain out there. So, oh, nice. Yeah, uh, federated federated Mastodon server is something that's on our radar. I just don't know anything about setting these servers up, so it takes time. But uh, we got some we got some good shit coming down the pipeline. Hopefully, <laughs> oh wait, they cut all the pipeline jobs. <laughs> Damn, good job right off the bat. He's just like fuck, fuck all y'all. We're sending that oil to China because they gave my family five hundred million dollars. Oh man! I think the the podcast and the social networks and anything that has the loudest voice with the most subscribers and all that, those will be the ones that are are targeted more than anything. But you know, unless they get called out on the internet or something, you know, I, I heard a good one: but, security through obscurity. I, I like that one a lot. Came from a uh, <laughs> from Metis. I like it. Um, <laughs> well, we are obscure. Hey, <laughs> the most obscure podcast in the universe. <laughs> Behind the scenes. <laughs> you no, know, hey, that we can, you know, we can. Um. All right. So, looking at clip two, I see, I see a D. Martin who, uh, Dean Martin, David Martin. David Martin freaked me out, and I, I, me and Monty went over this the last episode, but a quick recap, he was 
on a four-way Zoom call with uh, Judy and RFK Jr. and one other gentleman that I didn't recognize. But oh wow, his uh, his argument is that the vaccine is a medical device, and this is a paraphrase. Um, that it's a medical device that's probably more closely associated with chemotherapy rather than the true definition of a vaccine because a vaccine you got little bits of dead or uh, inactive uh, parts of the virus and you expose the body to it and yada 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 and uh, just it's something <laughs> it's like you know talk about the informed consent what the fuck is this mRNA vaccine so he's a slave what (laughs) it's safe shut up slave (laughs) shut up slave um so so i i I do like david martin i um i'm not i don't know how to phrase this i'm not entirely sold on him per se uh just because this is the the sentiment is here, but it's not necessarily by these words I mean it. But he at times seems too good to be true, and and this is just kind yeah, of that, that, that's why it's important to make sure that anything they bring up in the movie is backed up by fact. You know what I mean? So because I, when I heard some of the stuff that he said too, I'm just like, man, this is. It's like a movie or something. You know what I mean? Some of the things that he says, it's like, how could this stuff go under the radar? But a lot of the patent stuff that he calls out is on the internet even, right. which is which is fascinating in itself. And he even says at the end of the movie, there's a lot of pieces that have happened in this in this movie that by themselves don't make an impact in a negative way or nefarious. But when you put them all together, it causes a lot of problems. But right, and and that's yeah. such a, a a big component of conspiracy culture is you know taking exactly. all the threads of the spider uh, of the web and stringing them together and, exactly. and stepping back and you know uh, that's something I kind of get mucked up in is just looking at all these like super um, super micro happenings instead of taking them back and checking out the the full scale, I guess. Um, but looking like Charlie behind his board. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> New spirit guide for the show. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, David Martin intro clip number two. I'm the developer of linguistic genomics, which was the first platform on which you could determine the intent of communication rather than the literal artifact of communication. But we've also used that technology for a number of other applications in defense and intelligence and finance. And most notably, in the early 2000s, my company was responsible for bringing down what was at the time one of the largest tax frauds in U.S. history. We maintained a series of inquiries into every individual, every organization, and every company that is involved in anything that either blurs the line of biological and chemical weapons or crosses that line in any of 168 countries. In 1999, there were a million patents digitized by IBM. And those million patents were the first time human innovation had been put into an electronic digital searchable format. 
We took that information and we did a very simple exercise using our linguistic genomics technology. I made the horrific assessment that approximately one third of all patents filed in the United States were functional forgeries, meaning that while they had linguistic variations, they actually covered the same subject matter. In 1999, patents on coronavirus started showing up and thus began the rabbit trail. How do you, how do you patent a virus? How, how do you, how, how, how does one patent something? Atlas, you want to, you want to expand on that? <laughs> well, that's, that's one of the things he goes into in, the, in that second clip too. Uh, he talks about the concept that you can't patent nature, but you can patent uh, something that's man-made. So if the virus was man-made, then either one of them is illegal. So if you go on the internet and you look for these patent numbers that they show in the videos too, um, you can see that this stuff was trying to be patented. And <laughs> that's like you bring up a good point when you say, is, is he really legit? And he may give you bad vibes or he doesn't go over well, but the things that they bring up, you go out on the internet and you do find them. So, I, I think to clarify, I, I really do appreciate uh, what he has to say, but the only point that I get kind of hesitant is, is this something that's too good to be true? Sure, I, I see what you mean, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, man, I actually... I, I want you guys to continue on. I have to step away for a second. Um, I, maybe we can play the clips from the Discord. Uh, Mike, do you want to uh, Yeah, see? I can play some clips. Uh, yep. yep. So We're uh, on a clip three there, and uh, it gets into the patents. And um, uh, I'm going to be back as soon as I can, all right? All right, man. Right on. Right on. All right. All right. So we're on clip three. I'm going to keep on playing on this. We'll see what happens. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we're back here, everybody. Sorry. There was just a, it's a blip in your time, but it was about five minutes of ours. Uh, I have internet issues here that just, it just drops out from time to time. You all know this if you've listened to this show for any extended period of time. Anyway, we're going to go back to uh, this uh, clip that we were just playing and I'm going to replay the whole thing. In 2003, the Center for Disease Control saw the possibility of a gold strike. And that was the coronavirus outbreak that happened in Asia. They saw that a virus they knew could be easily manipulated was something that was very valuable. And in 2003, they sought to patent it. And they made sure that they controlled the proprietary rights to the disease, to the virus, and to its detection, and all of the measurement of it. We know that Anthony Fauci, that Ralph Barrett, that the Center for Disease Control, and the laundry list of people who wanted to take credit for inventing coronavirus, were at the hub of this story. From 2003 to 2018, they controlled 100% of the cash flow that built the empire around the industrial complex of coronavirus. <laughs> Interesting indeed, isn't it? Uh, yeah, especially when you go and look at all the documentation that he highlights in the uh, screenshots of the video. Yeah. Because like I said, when I first saw it, I would say, man, there's no way this is true. 
this is crazy. And then you go and you look at some of the uh, documentation, everything that's out there on the internet. And what what was really interesting is some of it. When you go to these documents that are from different websites, they'll have a disclaimer at the top that says, because the article came out like X time, whenever it was, and there'll be a disclaimer at the top. Due to COVID, this article is part of a conspiracy theory to do blah, blah, blah. But the only thing they're talking about in these clips and in the movie is they're just referring back to these points in time when this information came out. So, I mean, it's not like it's fake. It's just... Whatever story they're trying to tell in Plandemic, they have a problem with. But, I mean, it's not like what they're bringing up is not real. You know what I mean? That's what they have a problem with. (laughs) Exactly. But that's the whole point. And Fauci, you know, this guy, I just see him, you know, just the way he's treating this new administration. And, like, he's trying to get... He is a very suspect person in my mind. Uh, it's a lot. I have my suspicions because of the way he kind of almost tries to claim he's been censored by the Trump administration when he's probably been on a thousand news shows since February of last year. And, you know, he hasn't been censored in any way, shape or form. Yeah, I saw that comment that he made today. He said he, he said that he feels like he could speak more freely. But the thing is, just like you wait to your point, he's been on a bunch of shows. He said whatever he wanted to. He said one thing, and then he's changed his mind because they have new science or new data or whatever they say. <laughs> and he's been able to express himself constantly. It's not like he's been chained in a corner and couldn't say anything unless Donald Trump said, you may speak. He, he said whatever you want to. What he's talking about is when Trump would call him out and say, I don't agree with you. Or you're wrong. God forbid. That. Like that. Huh? God forbid somebody do that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, so, I mean, that, that's what's really interesting. So they paint a picture that he, you know, was was held back. And Burks said the same thing. She was on the interview and uh, she said the same thing where, you know, her quote was, I woke up every day and tried to feel like if I could speak into the situation and do something positive for the world or the country, whichever I'm paraphrasing what she said. And I'm like, these guys were able to say whatever they wanted to. And they have dictated exactly what the the way the country has reacted from a protocol standpoint. It's not like they were handcuffed. It's just, they had Trump speaking in one Lane saying what he thought, but I mean, the majority of what they have said has dictated protocol in this country. Is that true or false? I just, I just, absolutely true. Yeah, I mean, whether you agree with it or not, but they have had the most impact in what this country has done, and what they've said has probably been the template for what a lot of other countries have done as they've come into their seasonal impacts with COVID and all that stuff too. So, I mean, it's. They don't want to be challenged. You know, they're trying to say the, the science is settled type shit that Bert, uh, Fauci and others like that, you know, and they, they, they went on board on these um, lockdown guidelines and stuff. And it is, it is starting to show that it doesn't have any type of effect. You know, you look at the difference between uh, California and their case rates, and they've been on uh, the strictest of lockdowns, I think it could be argued. And then you can look at uh, Florida, and they've had, they have been open. They've tried to go wide open again, and their rates are practically identical. 
You know? I mean, going back to like what like that one clip, the one that you just played is talking about the fact that they have patents or not. Right. And if you go on the internet, which is really interesting, you go on the internet, <clears throat> you can just Google or DuckDuckGo, whatever you want to do, and say, does Fauci have patents on the coronavirus? And the challenge is you have to go through the, the tendrils of all these different patents that exist, and it could be a different company or individual holds them and who has a special interest in it. And that's when it becomes a challenge and becomes kind of shadowy. So I, I, there's nothing on the Internet that says specifically that Fauci has a patent on it. So that's one of the reasons why Snopes or PolitiFact or USA Today calls out and says, false, he does not have a, a patent on it. And I, I don't I mean, that, that doesn't mean he doesn't have an interest in it. And that doesn't mean the NIH and all the people that he that he works for do not have a financial or, you know, specific interest in it. But it would be naive to think he didn't. Well, pandemic calls. I mean, one of the things they say in the movie, too, that calls out is uh, he was on the board with someone else with one of the predictions and uh, um, simulations that they went through. And um, and he has to have been aware of event two hundred one as well. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you want to continue? Try on? That, yeah. Try that clip number four. Well, we know that the coronavirus manipulation started with Dr. Ralph Barrick in nineteen ninety nine. The major characteristics of SARS, MERS, and SARS coronavirus two. It's a good way. For you- Ralph Barrick is the researcher at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, who is famous for his Tar Heels chimeric coronavirus research. In 2002, there was a recognition that the coronavirus was seen as an exploitable mechanism for both good and ill. On April the 25th, 2003, the U.S. Center for Disease Control filed a patent on the coronavirus transmitted to humans. Under 35 U.S. Code Section 101, nature is prohibited from being patented. Either SARS, coronavirus... I get it. I shouldn't have stopped it there. I'm going to continue. ...was manufactured, therefore making a patent on it legal, or it was natural, therefore making a patent on it illegal. While we... I know I stopped that right at the... I I wasn't looking at... It's like, oh, there's only six seconds left. Sorry. But I hope everybody understood what he was saying, which is, you know, either... The patent either is natural and the patent's illegal or it was man-made and that was illegal. And see, what, what, what's important to understand is every individual needs to go out and look and look at the literature for themselves to see what patents is he talking about and what's the laws and everything that he's talking about. And I, I read some of the documentation and, and, and I don't know, I don't understand all of it. A hundred thousand percent, but it's basically saying you cannot put a patent on nature. Right. I'm, I, not saying, I'm not saying whether it's natural or whether it's man-made. I'm not saying which one it is. I don't know. No one knows, and except the people that know exactly what happened, you know, or or no one knows. But if these laws, ex- this is the thing that is so critical and interesting about this movie. If these laws do exist, then this point that he's calling out is not fake news. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it, so, so, so to to have an argument. So, say you're an objective person. You don't care about conspiracy theories. You don't care about COVID. You don't care about 
politics and you come in and you just you you hear this guy's comments and you say what is he talking about and you go look at the scientific verbiage of the patent and you say okay so i guess you can't patent nature okay so you can't create you know biological you can't man make the virus because that would be illegal hmm so it has to be one or the other Mm -hmm. and that's the kind of things that you have to think about when you hear what he's saying here, so in in and of itself, when they come in and they say, this is fake news because it wasn't created in a lab, fine. You can say that all day long. But what Martin is talking about is legitimately documented verbiage from what I could read on the Internet. And if what I read was wrong, then it's wrong. But it, it's out there. So it just continues to shock me that they ban this and say that it's fake news when he's just actually calling out laws that exist in documentation. Well, that's because the laws are fake news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's back. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know, um, there was some ugly cry, <laughs> crying outside, but uh, if I could get you guys to raise your drinks with me for a quick second or Magnificent Queen Aslan, cat of fourteen years, is past the Rainbow Bridge. Well, meow meow. Sorry to hear that. So, how? I believe she died of coronavirus. Fucking Joe Biden, how many cats are going to die on your watch? Hey, there might be something to this mink stuff. There really might be something to it. I had, um, I had tooted at uh, Adam. Um, I guess uh, mink farmers are now on the front lines to get the vaccines uh, earlier than everybody else. So, I, I, why not? You know, I, I I don't know how much I missed, but uh, I could totally foresee a world where they start coming after your pets to, to try and scare you. Hey, man, I want to do. I want to let you know in case I forget later. Uh, like almost right after you left, um, I was rolling in the clip. I lost my internet. There was a downtime. You're gonna have to make a little edit in there. Take okay. that out. So you, it should be pretty easy to find. It's the part where nothing's happening. Okay. You know, no audio. Um, and then just cut that out. So. Sounds good. But we, we made a comeback. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, but we'll continue on. I think I believe we are on... Um, you know, clip number five. We're on... Have we already listened to clip five? Or? No. no. That's, that's what's next. Okay. Well, I'm going to let you uh, return to it. I think your audio quality on the recorder is better than on your end playing clips than mine. So hopefully it sounded good enough. But. Good enough. All right. Clip number five. If it was manufactured, it was a violation of biological and chemical weapons, treaties and laws. If it was natural, filing a patent on it was illegal. Then either outcome, both are illegal. But Super no one has any standing to uh, challenge it in the court of law. Man, just, I, I wonder okay. how much it must pay to be a vaccine lawyer. I should have done that. <laughs> Fuck theater. <laughs> $450 an hour. 
80 hours a week <laughs> just to gaze okay. upon me <laughs> I think the technical term is consultation <laughs> yeah <laughs> um alright I'm getting caught back up here so getting into clip number six making a profit off of it that was something um uh, just with everything I, I'm not as prepared as I was as as I was hoping but a lot of the um fact-checking articles that I had found about Plandemic kept referring to a specific uh, press release that the CDC gave, and it was talking about uh, the, not morality, but I'm blanking on the, on the word, but um, it's like, no, we're not doing, we're not making these patents to make a profit off of them. We just want to be able to patent them, so no one else can make a profit off of them. <laughs> one, one thing that I just thought of this kind of interesting, you know, if this is illegal, um, and who is it? Martin is correct and all this. And, um, why hasn't anyone challenged this or has, has any of this been challenged in a court anywhere? Well, I mean, if you think about it, the, the average person that reads the news, they're not going to understand it. Well, that doesn't. <clears throat> and then, and then, if if there's legal people, if the majority, if the if the engine in the machine is heading towards what they're what they want to do, there's not going to be anybody to challenge it anyways because it's all heading in one direction. Well, let's say it, it seems like somebody like Martin is one of the people that's trying to call it out and then gets shunned or you know banned on the internet. And that, that's, what, see, that's what's so important, sorry to interrupt you, that's what's so no, important about this video is, is it true or not? If it's true and documentation exists for that and they got a patent on it, then it's a big deal because it means they got a patent on something that they should have not gotten a patent on. And they, they go into it more with um, the pathogen for a profit that Clips have put in there too. And when the funding stops for it, because they talk about stopping the funding because the research was a little bit controversial. So, and one of the things I'll say about too, I'll say this last thing. Uh, one of the things that, that you could think about too, if you tried to patent something like a coronavirus, is you want to patent it so you can research it and see how much all the different behavior that it has, so you can help. It would help you in vaccine research. Uh, in and of itself, that's something that's good because you're trying to help mankind. So if you get a patent on that back in the day, that maybe they don't fight it. I don't know. Hmm. Um, now to interject, I do have a counter clip that's uh, a little more on the pro science side. If you guys want to check it out real quick, counter bitch. Ooh. Yeah, please do. Shun the non-believer. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, well, what is this? One of those on no agenda. It's like, shut up. It's science. <laughs> That's one of the ones that they have. Shun the non believer. I like that. Play that again. Go on. You got that one more time. Shun the non believer. Shun. Shun. Nice. <laughs> maybe we uh, maybe we should make a long and a short one. Uh, that'd be pretty yeah. fun. <laughs> All right. Well, we're non-believers, so uh, let's listen. Truth deniers is what we are. 
true deniers. Uh, yeah. So what are we getting into num- uh, next? Six? Well, real quick, well, I just want to add the one thing. You know, we we're talking about there that last thing. And, and, you know, maybe Martin is, um, is, is, is on to something and he's correct. Has he not... Has he not addressed this to any sort of authority, or is it, or is this his way and means of trying to do such? And and if he has, or who's the who's the authority? How do you even get an investigation into that? Do you take this claim to the Allegheny County Sheriff? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Be like, hey man, what's up? Yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> What do you think about you know, this? That, that's, gotta- that's a very good point because you're like, you go up to somebody and you say, hey, I'd like to report a crime. I mean, it. it I, I don't know. I mean, is is the world so controlled to, to where if he, if he voices his displeasure in it and tries to report it that he gets shunned down? Has he already tried to do it before? It's really interesting. And see that on the flip side, because I think it's very important to play both roles. <clears throat> and I... Uh, if you know, if you if you look at what Martin is saying and you challenge it and say, "Well, is this true or not?" How come nobody else has heard about it before this movie came out? Or right. if you dig on the internet and you actually look at his bio on Wikipedia and all these other places, he's already labeled as a conspiracy theorist. And um, it's it's like what we were talking about before. It's it seems too good to be true. Like what he's saying seems like something out of a movie. Like a whistleblower or something like that. Like, and that's what I thought about at the very beginning when I first saw the movie. If this is really true, how come more people have not heard about it and and freaked out and thought about how crazy this is? But when you go into some of the other clips, it talks about how the CDC has hit a lot of things that has happened in labs before. How the CDC was trying to tell you that you should use DDT mm-hmm. in your household a long time ago, stuff like that. And no you just, flies on me. <laughs> Yeah, and you for, you forget about things like that because people are only in the now. They're not thinking about the things that have happened historically, so they just have blind trust and faith in whatever these people are telling you. So yeah, can I, can- I also, okay, I'm sorry. I'm just gonna real quick. I also think that we're also in a time where it wouldn't surprise me personally if there is no one to go take this to. I mean, for example, we had in the election. Think of what you wanted about. For example, the poll workers in Fulton County are on video doing some seriously shady looking shit. And nobody, it, it was all brought up to everyone's attention, but I don't believe they were questioned by one author- person of authority. You know, yeah. I don't think the FBI went and talked to him. I don't think anybody talked to him. So all those poll workers who were doing something that appeared to be shady at the very, very minimum didn't even get questioned so you know if you bring something like this up that has you know a six times budget increase for the cdc i'm sure that came with some nice pay raises too you know uh yeah i was just i was just gonna say that uh the best doctors smoke camels (laughs) (laughs) yeah the smart ones you know Calming flavor, smooth. <laughs> yeah, it's really terrible. Um, all right. Well, I want to hear uh, Martin talk about some profits. In the spring of 2007, 
the CDC filed a petition with the Patent Office to keep their application confidential and private. They actually filed patents on not only the virus, but they also filed patents on its detection and a kit to measure it. Because of that CDC patent, they had the ability to control who was authorized and who was not authorized to make independent inquiries into coronavirus. You cannot look at the virus, you cannot measure it, you cannot develop a test kit for it. And by ultimately receiving the patents that constrained anyone from using it, they had the means, they had the motive, and most of all, they had the monetary gain from turning coronavirus from a pathogen to profit. Uh, I think it, 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 it's proved they have they've got the monetary gain. They forty eight billion in a new budget. Sorry to just jump in, but I had. No, nah, you're good. Um, <laughs> I did forget it, so it probably wasn't that important. Um, oh wait, no, it was uh, what he says right there. What he's talking about: problem, reaction, solution. Fucking, mm-hmm. fucking mass mind control one on one. Um, so it would be. I, I'm. I'm. Mm, I don't. I'm, I don't know how to necessarily phrase this like how hmm, how intentional do you think the profit motive would be because i kind of approach this more from a it's a it's a ploy to pull us into a biosecurity state you know, kind of, kind of along the lines of Gattaca, um, a, with a dash of transhumanism, and uh, top it off with just world population control. Do you think the profits are the drive, or just a nice side bonus on the way uh, on the way down? So I ask a question this way: Have you ever seen the movie Dune? I have not actually. I have a copy of the book. It's in the the read uh, pile, but I I have not. So there's there's a term in there where these sandworms are part of this planet, and they produce this spice, and the spice is a critical um, uh, piece of uh, a th- thing they use on the planet, just at a high level. And but the, pl- the planet never has rain, you know, and stuff like that. And if the rain ever comes down, it would kill the, the worms. So it's the same concept like when you talk about with the pharmaceutical industry, they they exist in two avenues, one to make money and two to save lives. And if it's like when they were talking about hydrochloroquine and all these other types of things that could possibly treat coronavirus, um, if, if all the treatment works and you don't need any vaccines, then what happens to all the money that they've either developed or researched into it? And that they could make off of it, i.e., the taxpayers' money. <laughs> exactly, but I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying. So it's, it's kind of, it's. I mean, a, a doctor is a great profession because you're saving lives and you're serving people. And it's wonderful. But if everybody, if no one ever got sick anymore and everybody was immortal and nothing ever happens, they don't have a job anymore. So it's kind of it, it. It's cannibalism if they take away their ability to make money, and so. People deserve the ability to make money, so I mean, it's a real, it's kind of a catch twenty two, and it's a controversial thing. So then, when corruption comes into play to actually increase that profit margin, possibly, which is what this movie is analyzing, uh, 
that's when it becomes when you talk about like the motive for profit and all that. And so I think it can be easily argued a couple of ways. You know, I'm quick to say, hey, look at this six times, you know, increase in the budget over over a year span for the CDC. That's that's good motive or, you know, a good motive for corruption. I say that because I've seen, you know, I am very cynical. Uh, I, I see things and I tend to think of the worst from our government first. But, you know, so maybe there is there's an easy way to explain the um you know, six-fold increase in the budget because this is a pandemic like we've never seen before and it's real and we need to fight this, you know, hard, you know, for the safety and well-being of all our populace. But at the same time, if, you know, if there if this shit did come from a lab that ultimately started in, like, Chapel Hill and uh, wherever the other place was in, in America and then... uh with the aid and the money from the United States and France and other places built a fucking biological lab in communist China and the shit fucked up and got out. You think they're going to admit that, you know, there's no favorite piece to all of this. It's like, you know, just the big giant bright ass light bulb behind my head that goes ding. It's that the Wuhan facility's logo is the same <laughs> logo from Umbrella Corporation from the Resident Evil series. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that shit just it makes my heart sing. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> this makes a whole lot of sense now. <laughs> it's just the re- it's just the uh, simulation breaking down. Um yeah, so what I hope we- my stream of consciousness made sense, you know, in that way of like, okay, you know, it, it's it's feasibly possible that this, you know, all the money going to it is is legit, but it's also highly unlikely, you know. I mean, who knows? Like, uh, like I've said before, um, <laughs> I've never really, never really seen the uh, government as a whole be good stewards to to our money. Um, so. China got a good friend in Joe Biden. I'll tell you what. You got a friend in G. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what do we got here? Uh, number seven, the funding stops. Um, and, and this is the research moving to, did it really start in Chapel Hill? Or were you just saying that because of the tri-state? Yeah, that was no, uh, one of the clips. It talks about it. I mean, it talks about the, the spider web of different funding that's going on. Not one specific thing that's happened in the Chapel Hill, but they talk about coronavirus research and, and yeah. funding. And so that Chapel Hill is one of the facilities they talk about. Always knew North Carolina was going to be the end of the world. And I think they were doing it maybe while I was there. I don't remember what the year was exactly where they, uh, they cut the funding for it because they were like, oh, we can't be ethically doing this. So that's when they moved. <laughs> Your dollars are more guilty than our dollars. <laughs> well, I've heard, you know, Alex Jones always talked about University of Texas having uh, bio shit in there. You know, he's been talking about that shit for. When did I start listening to him? About 2006 or something like that. Oh, wow. Maybe earlier than that. Maybe earlier than that. But, uh, 
Yeah, he's been talking about this shit forever. But maybe that's why they had to ban him too. You know, he's been on a little bit, mm. a little too close to comfort on some things, a little out there on others. But he, hey, he got a little too Icarusy. Yeah, whatever. Uh, all right. Well, uh, we'll we'll do some clip number seven here. And so, somewhere between 2012 and 2013, something happened. The federal funding for research that was feeding into places like Harvard, Emory, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, that funding suddenly became impaired by something that happened at the NIH. Huh. Yeah, that's when I was there. Cool. Good to know that while I'm working hard on my graduate studies, someone else is working hard on this fucking virus that's shut down the industry that I worked really hard in my graduate studies. (laughs) You're killing it. You're krilling it. You're villainous of vegetables, dude. Yeah, I um I don't know really what else to say about that. You know, it's uh they're absolutely right. You just got to follow the money. Leads a trail, paper trail. And um, see, and th- but again, this, the thing is is that comment that he's making about the funding moving from one place in America, th- did it move to Wuhan? Is that fake or true? That's a good internet. What to know? I mean, huh? I don't know for certain. I mean, I haven't like seen. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is, like the the things that they call out in the movie, and they, they've got the documents and they show these screenshots and stuff like that. But the, the, it's never been disputed that there was a uh, research place in Wuhan. But it was disputed. Like, did it come from a lab? And the and the media was talking about it a lot more at the very beginning, at the beginning of the last year, or you know, in March and April when when everything was up in the air, but then they, they shifted away from that and they said they've determined it's not come from a lab. But no matter what, his comment here shows that it moved to Wuhan because of the funding and all that. So, and, uh, Well, I want to say, address, you know, you said that the media said it did not come from a lab. But what evidence have, has the media, and I'm saying the well, media, the M5M, you know, uh, what has Joy Reid shown us as evidence that it didn't come from a lab? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> when they tell you, they talk about that in some of these clips too, where they talk about that's it's what they're just trying to guide your conscience and in, into what you what you need to think, and that's what becomes challenging, man. <laughs> I, believe, I believe good. I don't have any evidence, but I do know that there's some very fine Nazis out there. <laughs> Yeah, on both sides. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I mean that's a th- I, I, okay. I I do want to know before we go any further. I want to kind of get your guys' take on this. Do you do you all think that this was all implemented just to try and push Orange Man Bad out, or was this something that was already uh, sort of preordained? You know, is this Great Reset something that's been in the pipeline? longer than uh trump was in the picture for you know i mean i think there's there's lots of different ways you can look at it if you let your emotions get involved you can think certain things but i can you only know what you know 
and you only know what you read and what you see and what you feel and stuff like that. But no matter what, the virus has become political. Yeah. And the virus was used for political means. So one of the things I've been talking about since the beginning of the last year was whether the virus was a conspiracy or not. I don't have all the information. I only see what I see. But obviously the virus became an opportunity for political you know, means. Yeah. And they took advantage of it hardcore. Because one of the things they talk about with Event 201 uh, in the movie, they talk about the fact that they would have needed at least a year in advance to put the logistics together to write and design and get all the actors together to do event 201, which took place in October of 2019. So that puts you somewhere in the middle of 18 and you already know all these requirements for the simulation, which means, you know, all the PPE and the, you know, medical gaps that you have to be able to handle a pandemic yet when the pandemic hit and they started talking about it, they started blaming Trump for everything that's one thing Mickey Willis talks about. He says, if you already knew about this a year in advance, why wouldn't you have done things to address it then instead of afterwards, especially if the Bill Gates Foundation you know, was sponsoring it and has tons of money? Why wouldn't there have been an aggressive initiative to deal with it as opposed to sit back? Yeah. <laughs> I don't have the answers to that, too. But, I mean, if they knew it in advance, they would know it just as much as Trump would. But he became the fall guy for it. It's like, uh, it's like, oh, you're telling me now we need ventilators? <laughs> well, in New York, auctioned their ventilators off because they couldn't afford to support them. I mean, so it was a whole other concept anyways. But they blamed that on Trump. And it just, all of it became political. And it was, you know, so, but to circle back and answer your question, it sounds so far-fetched to me for something orchestrated on this grand of a scale just to target one political leader. I know America is a very large and strong country economically and all that kind of stuff and military-wise, I get it. But that seems very far-fetched. But in, this, in the flip side, when you see some of these clips and you read all this stuff that's been going on, you can't put anything past what's going on because they talk about in some of the stuff in the movie too about the CIA trying to influence people and all, Operation Mockingbird, all that stuff. I mean, it's it's, it's very disturbing. Mm. I mean, it's it, it's easy to it's easy to connect some dots that might make it seem to where this is. Um, <clears throat> Probably was going to happen anyway, but they went ahead with it because of Donald Trump. You know, I think this is something that's that's that big word right there. I think it was. I think um, (laughs) (laughs) that uh, anyway, funny guy. (laughs) It it is. It's there, you know, when you've been sitting up drinking beer and whiskey till 4 a.m., going down 9 11 and other conspiracy wormholes for almost two decades now, it's easy to see, <laughs> you know, where this, where this is going or how this could have happened, you know? Yeah. Um, I think uh, I think for me the the most important mantra is you never let a good crisis go to waste. 
Exactly. And, um, you know, this is probably something that was uh, preordained to happen, and there happened to be a couple of uh, political figures that were <clears throat> in the way, and, um, you well, know, you just start that. siphoning some of that fury off, and it's yeah. like, oh, well, now we actually, our case is even more solid, because we have one, and one person only, that's, uh, you know, to a T, responsible for 400 and 400,000 deaths. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Sure. 400,000. Anyway, but think about it. What was ha- what was happening <clears throat> a couple years ago at the at the midterm and uh and uh the elections in um in Great Britain, for example. There was a uh there was there is still to this day, I think, a big conservative freedom national pride movement going on around the world you know you had uh big wins in the european and then not the european parliament but then the uh in britain's parliament <clears throat> boris johnson won you had trump you had big gains um right, you know who's uh, uh what, what's the other um <laughs> punching bag bolsonaro in brazil yeah bolsonaro yeah I, I always get his name wrong but anyway um this is a threat to the to the the world leaders, the new world order, you know. And so, you look at how fast once COVID broke out, how fast all these leaders around the world enacted these insane lockdowns. It was almost like with military precision that the world just clamped down and did a world lockdown, you know. Uh, I find that a little odd, a little and a little scary, you know. Um, <laughs> you know what's not locked down? <laughs> Wuhan. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna say Hunter Biden's cock. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Save that for the peanut M and M's. <laughs> let's uh let's get back to these clips so yeah i'm rambling number eight uh we're we're, we're going to wuhan baby where the nih got this little tiny moment of clarity and said i think something we're doing is wrong and in 2013 the nih said gain of function research on coronavirus should be suspended the national institutes of health had a moral and social and potentially legal reason to object to research. But the letters that were sent to the researchers essentially said, you are receiving notice that we're telling you to stop. And now on the bottom of the page, we're going to clarify what stop means. Keep going. But when the heat gets hot in 2014 and 15, what do you do? You offshore the research. You fund the Wuhan Institute of Virology to do the stuff that sounds like it's getting a little edgy with respect to its morality and legality. But do you do it straightway? No. You run the money through a series of cover organizations to make it look like you're funding a U.S. operation, which then subcontracts with the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The U.S. could say China did it. China could say the U.S. did it. And the cool thing is both of them are almost telling the truth. Almost. So close. 
but so it's far. It's like in the words of uh, James Biden, I believe it was, plausible deniability. Right? <laughs> it wasn't me. It was the man with the one arm. Sure. Uh, uh, what's your take on this? Um, did you look into any of the claims that um, Martin's making there of the uh, third-party subcontracting. Is that anything that's traceable? I have not looked into that. I have not looked into third-party. I thought he was talking about it moving to Wuhan, right? But with the third-party, what do you mean? Well, I believe what he said, maybe we can play play that little section back again a little bit. Uh, but I thought kind of what he was saying is like, okay, we're going to cut the funding, but we're not going to cut the funding. We're going to move it to Wuhan, and we're going to send money to where it's not directly traceable shadow money. right yeah, yeah like the same concept like a, uh, a tax shelter i mean if it goes to another place it's not beholden to the same rules or it doesn't have the same visibility i would assume that's why they did it what they did is they gave a big giant bag of cash to hunter biden he took his cut out and then they gave it to somebody else <laughs> you mean he snorted his cut out? <laughs> anyway, I, but that's an interesting claim. Uh, you know, that's a serious claim right there. Uh, you know, is that worth playing again? Yeah. Uh, how far did you want to go back? The full thing? Maybe halfway or something. Maybe the full thing. Yeah, play the whole clip one more time. Let's see. What, it's not Where the NIH got this little tiny moment of clarity and said, I think something we're doing is wrong. And in 2013, the NIH said gain-of-function research on coronavirus should be suspended. The National Institutes of Health had a moral and social and potentially legal reason to object to research. But the letters that were sent to the researchers essentially said, you are receiving notice that we're telling you to stop. And now on the bottom of the page, we're going to clarify what stop means. Keep going. But when the heat gets hot in 2014 and 15, what do you do? You offshore the research. You fund the Wuhan Institute of Virology to do the stuff that sounds like it's getting a little edgy with respect to its morality and legality. But do you do it straightway? No. You run the money through a series of cover organizations to make it look like you're funding a U.S. operation, which then subcontracts with the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The U.S. could say, China did it. China could say, the U.S. did it. And the cool thing is, both of them are almost telling the truth. It's, uh, it's nesting dolls. <laughs> <laughs> the, but that's a big claim, though. You know, you got to have some sort of evidence to back that up. What, was there anything, he, documents that we were being shown in the mute, in the documentary during that time yeah you can, i mean you just have to look at the video to see what he's talking about i mean it it shows the um uh the where the where the re, the fun, it, he's got the documents where the funding stopped and then uh they talk about the that that lab opened up in wuhan i mean you just have to dig more into it it is a, it is a very very tall claim right yeah something like that but I mean, but the thing is, the the Wuhan building area research facility, whatever it is, existed and has been talked about by all forms of media, dating to early back net last year, right? Uh, so, 
<laughs> so it's not like it's it's mythical or anything. You know it's there, but the pedigree of how it got there in the first place or how it's funded or who works there is um, something to dig into more, I guess. But I think it's, you know, the, the ability for money to get there, there's, there's pockets, there's ways, especially if it's nefarious. I mean, think about it. Uh, I believe the, the last stimulus or whatever the fuck was passed, uh, the $2.2 trillion budgeting, you know, it had like an obscene amount of money going toward gender studies in Pakistan or something like that. You know, and I'm, don't, don't claim to be exactly right on that. Let's say it's $75 million or whatever it is. You know, I mean, it was probably more than that. Anyway, that money ain't going to... What the fuck does a little country like that need $75 million to study gender? You know, they don't. That money is going to be funneled out in other ways, and people are going to be getting fucking shit-ass rich off of that. You know? Shit-ass is a, is a real um, measurement. It's a... You can you can weigh it. It's a uh, it's a BTS exclusive measurement, technically. It's a measurement for sure. <laughs> but I mean, you would have to ask the question: Is if the Wuhan facility research facility exists in the first place, what is it there for? To study these coronaviruses and uh, figure out how to save more lives by doing more research on it? What is it there for? What is its purpose? I mean, that's one of it's never been disputed by anybody that it existed. But I mean, how, how did it get there? And how does it get funded? I mean, these that's that's more things to dig to to dig into with it. But I don't know. It's a very interesting question, and why um, why is there U.S. and at least French involvement with that? And I know there's you know it, I don't think that's being denied. Uh, yeah, and, I, I don't think I don't think there's been any denial about uh, other countries being involved in it too. It wasn't just like a, it wasn't just a Chinese thing, and that, I think that's one of the reasons why Trump pulled out of the WHO organization because he wasn't getting all the answers that he was looking for, right or wrong, when when this stuff was first starting out. So I mean, that was part of the. Uh, I guess that, that might be why Fauci felt like he couldn't say whatever he wanted to to Trump because <laughs> Trump would Christ. Be like, well, you're going to jail, you motherfucker. <laughs> now you can say whatever he wants to Biden. Well, okay, um, I, I'm going to take issue with that one because, uh, and this is a point brought up by No Agenda. Uh-huh. He's been on plenty of shit that Trump wasn't on. Has <laughs> been, yeah. <laughs> it's like he, oh, we God, talked, we talked about that before too. Yeah, he's he's been able to say whatever he wants to. <laughs> I mean, the motherfucker is just on the Try Guys. It's <laughs> oh. so. It, it, such bullshit that he claims that to be censored or whatever, you know. And when his own words, multiple interviews are like, "No, I've you know, Donald Trump always asked me, you know, legitimate questions, and I feel like he's given me the freedom to do my job." Okay, so were you lying? Jesus Christ! You remember. <laughs> Do you remember yeah, when they got Brad Pitt to play him? I remember. God. What? Oh, yes. There was, and he's like, oh, yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it looks like we're moving into a new section here. And, um, and we're going to get 
diving on some of the uh, some of the patent shit. And so one of the things I want to you talking about the section four, right? Uh, well, I do have yes, 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 I am. The one thing I just wanted to bring up that I thought was really it, it's it's a segue, but it's talking more about what they were covering in Wuhan. It's not unconventional, and it has happened all the time in history where outbreaks happen in labs where these researchers work on things and they try to cover them up. There's lots of articles where, over the course of history, where the CDC has tried to cover up outbreaks, um, and and then it gets found out later. Now, there's lots of reasons for that. It could be to not make people panic. It could be because they don't want you to find out, you know, or, or, or whatever the reason is, but it's not unconventional. So one of the things that this section in Section 4 talks about is the immediate response was it, did, it was not man-made, that it did not come from a lab. But there's been so many articles in the past that they focus on that say there's been tons of outbreaks that have happened in labs and, and mistakes and not calling people out intentionally, but it has happened. So it's not super crazy conspiracy theory unconventional to think that uh, a cover-up in science has happened, and that's what Section 4 talks about. Yeah. Uh, one of the points that I've always kind of come back to is if this is <laughs> if this is really going to mess up our shit, they ain't going to tell us about it. You know, they're going to try and uh, just let it uh, just happen and pretend like uh, nobody catches on, hopefully. Um, yeah. Like you were saying earlier, they can't admit <laughs> they use shit money, you know, to fund a <laughs> an elite, basically an illegal research lab in communist China that they fucked up and let it out. You know, <laughs> Oops, did I do that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. If, if, if that's the case, that's a that's a big deal. I mean, that's a huge deal. And the fact that a lab is there and it's working on it, and and that's where it originated, quote unquote. I mean, it's not far fetched. I mean, why would you think people would think that? I mean, it's crazy. It would only make sense for people to go into full defense mode. To cover it all up, because if they got caught, they would be done. They would go to jail. They would their families and their fortunes would be lost. You actually, know? actually, I think they. I think nowadays they win Nobel Peace uh, Prizes. I could be wrong. For coming into Syria with tanks. Uh, um. So for some context about more on this um, patent nonsense, this is a, a patent that Atlas had shared with us earlier. It's the United States patent number 77765221B1, August 17th, 2010. The abstract says, Disclosed herein is a newly isolated human coronavirus, SARS-CoV, the causative agent of severe acute Respiratory syndrome, SARS. Also provided are the nucleic acid sequence of the SARS-CoV genome and the amino acid sequences of the SARS-CoV open reading frames, as well as methods of using these molecules to detect a SARS-CoV and detect infectious therein infections there therewith. Excuse me. Immune stimulatory com- uh, compositions are also provided along with methods of their use. So 
They got the bug and they got the test. Equals dollar signs. <laughs> um, or, you know, they could totally be protecting, uh, protecting everybody by claiming it as their own so nobody else can, so it can remain free and open. Um, but I just don't have that much faith in our healthcare system. Call me crazy. I heard this one thing about like open source vaccine design. (laughs) Hey, I mean, that's, that's not a terrible idea. Uh, pull big money. You know, I'm also of the minds, the science guys. (laughs) Um, uh, the, the further that we get into all of this though, anyway, I'm going to go ahead. Sorry. The, the, Shut up! <laughs> the, the further we get into this, though, the more I start to really chew on things like terrain theory. Terrain theory is the idea that it's not any of these microscopic uh, bacteria and viruses that make you sick. It's the lack of um, homogeny in your body, the, the lack of balance, the fact that we're surrounded by shit that just makes us sick uh one of the i I guess one of the easy ways to explain it is is your sick fish because the tank is dirty do you vaccinate the fish or do you clean the tank of water you know well i balance my miller light out with a little bit of scotch oh hey there you go so it's been working pretty good for me so uh, that's interesting. Thank you for sharing the. Um... Oh wow, these pictures are nuts! I think this is the first time I've actually seen this. And you can barely make out those little uh, spike proteins in Figure Two B, just barely. Oh, you're looking at the patent. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> looking at some of those photos. Um... What's interesting is it's. Are you look the link that I sent? I think it's on Google. Hmm. We, we were talking about that before. It's a little bit of a conflict of interest if Google is actually storing these patents, wouldn't it be? Well, yes. Um, I, I don't know. I guess maybe it would look more... Su- well, I don't think Google ever really gave a fuck about looking suspicious or not. But I guess well, that's kind of where my mind goes. Maybe they don't want to draw too much attention to it by banning it? I, I don't know. If Google is storing the the um, patent, or if they're just you know hosting a copy of the patent on their drive, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's just weird. Cause, I mean, but I only got it from where I searched, right? So I, I did the the patent number. But there was a government website too, so I, I don't know. But it's it I is interesting. That it's on Google. Yeah. Because I think you can have you register a patent, like uh, like the patent for toilet paper. Which, if you look at that, it has the roll coming out over the top, not under the bottom. Just so you know, so everybody knows how to hold. You know, there is a drawing on there, but that patent was registered. But there's a copy of it on Google. So, you know, a picture of it. You can see. anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> But but seriously, just one one final comment. One final comment to this: anybody that's having a conversation about coronavirus in May of last year, do you think they're going to look down into the details of stuff like this? None of 
ones I have had conversations with on. Um, exactly. So my point is, when you asked that question before, when David Martin's talking about, how come nobody's ever done anything about this? Because the majority of people, they're not going to get anywhere near this type of detail. And that's why it can just, it's not even under the radar. It just is in a different lane that nobody goes down. And, and you don't look at this stuff because it's just, you look at this and you're like, oh, this is too much information. I don't care. It's got to be correct. Whatever. And you move mm-hmm. on. But then if you dig into it, you're like, whoa, wait a minute. And that's when you say, is David Martin legit? Or does he have a beef with the scientists and he's trying to bring him down because he got uh, messed up in the industry or something like that? I don't know. I don't know that much about him. I'm just saying that's one of the things that's interesting about this stuff. Right. And you know what? D- you know, For him to say, for example, that, um, okay, they moved the labs to Wuhan and they funded it through shadow subcontracted companies then where the money's not traceable it's like okay um is that totally not true you know you can be like fact check false but it's like um but the the ones you have to sorry to jump in but the ones you have to worry about is when you see the fact check and it says fact check mostly false and then you go oh okay wait a minute so well, some what, of what they said is true but it's mostly false okay so that that makes me want to dig in even more because you, you're not disagreeing completely with it and that's a lot of these things that came out in pandemic because he made sure to fact check everything a lot of the things that they say that are fact check false in the beginning or, or now for the second movie, you're like mostly false. And you're, and you're, and you're like, well, mostly false means that some of it is true, which means you need to look into it a little bit more, or it begs the question of what's actually going on here. You know? I like a lot of movie, like mostly false. And then it will just say missing context or something like that. And it's like, <laughs> it's, wait a minute. So you, the fact checkers are saying it's missing context that would prove our point correct or something <laughs> without offering the context for what that is. It's well, uh, see, and, and I used to never think either like with, with Snopes and PolitiFact and stuff like that. I used to look at those things like five or six years ago and I'd be like, oh no, Snopes already figured that out that it's not true. And then I would move on. I never even entertained the concept that it could be funded and controlled by somebody else. I just figured they're like a abstract independent. mathematical check service, right? Yeah, the Snopes people are very, a very interesting. Um, I uh, it's it's mostly true that Susan Rosenberg detonated a mostly peaceful bomb at, uh, outside of the Capitol building. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. That was, that's what I'm talking about. That's it, it, it's 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 misleading. Another one word they'll use is it's misleading. It's it really yeah. it really depends on your definition of domestic terrorism. Yeah. So, as to whether or not it actually is terrorism, because again, there's a lot of mostly you're a communist or not. Really, come on. Ugh. Yeah, that, that's a that's an easy way to get me triggered. Uh, I'll, I'll share with with everyone one of my flaws: <laughs> people dropping Snopes article or Snopes references, and I just um, we had a good uh, you know I've had a good rant quite a few months ago on Politifact. I think on one of our shows, you know, it's just I, uh, you, know, you you can say any statement is missing context. There's not a statement you can make this missing context 
I uh, yeah. I, I might be I might be uh, quasi grooming you, Malachi. By the way, because I yeah I, I want to I want to see you rant off with uh, Sir Bimrose from Grumpy Old Ben's. I think that could be pretty cool. Oh, man, if I could get on with those dudes, that would be amazing. Those yeah. guys are good. Yeah. I like their show a lot. Yeah. Well, um, let's uh, we'll hop back into the clips. And number nine here is uh, man, we're just we're we've just now broached the subject of uh, the vac or the virus breaking out. I was the first person in the world to look at an epidemic and study its characteristics and prove that it was due to biological warfare and was not a natural occurrence. So I published that 28 years ago. Early in this pandemic, I did not think the coronavirus was a natural occurrence from bats. I feel quite convinced that this was a laboratory-designed organism. There have been hundreds and hundreds of leaks from high containment laboratories that do research on pathogenic coronaviruses and other potentially lethal organisms. I was particularly interested in a paper that came out in Nature Medicine. Lost the end there. Uh, was that, that Judy? Be, that must have be been a bad clip then. Mm. Bad clip. You're bad, Clip. That was a mistake. <laughs> Fuck! Damn it! We have a guest on here and just fucks it all up. I was gonna say if uh, if, if we paid you, you wouldn't be fired because <laughs> there's no shortage of that here. <laughs> the show was rolling too, man. We were rolling. <laughs> I mean, well, well, but well, one of the things that they were talking about just in that section in the movie period is there's been a lot of times when in labs there's been an outbreak for whatever reason nefarious an accident whatever they talk about it all the time so it's never been disputed that you've never had a mistake or a, an outbreak in the lab so the this section is is talking about where it originated and trying to talk about uh wh why is the media so quick to say there's no way it was man-made when there's a laboratory right there in the area where they think it started yeah Oh yeah, I uh, I guess one of my more out there and um, I do think that they made a chimera virus out of coronavirus and AIDS. I, I really do. Um, I think they were it's like, hey, I bet we could combine these two, and um, you know, it just the, with the way the they promote the vaccine as being uh, a multi tool of sorts that. All of a sudden, we're going to be able to, you know, cure cancer and cure AIDS and cure coronavirus and cure whatever, whatever, uh, whatever else that you want to change about yourself, I suppose. Like, I don't know, just this whole idea of the mRNA and it's a, a, a plug and play plug in of um, whatever you want it to be. I, I think that's a. Uh, that's pretty fucked up, and the fact that they they have these sort of laboratories that they play around with this shit, and then they fuck it up, and they're like, "Oh, well, I guess we could maybe cover it up." Yeah, totally. Why not? We're and just then, gonna need forty more billion dollars <laughs> to <year>. do it all. <laughs> but other than that, we're good. Uh, 
Yeah, I I have, and you know the the AIDS uh, pandemic epidemic. I, I I was always of the mindset that that was that had a generated fucking feeling to it. No different from this. And there's so many points that just double helix between COVID nineteen and AIDS that it's I don't like it. It it, it it's severely pisses me off, you know? Sorry. I was doing really good about doing the doing no you knows. You know? If you know, you know. If you don't know uh, pretend like you know. And if uh, you can't pretend uh, like you know, well, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, so, uh, <laughs> clip number 10, quick to not say man-made. <laughs> I was particularly interested in a paper that came out in Nature Medicine by five scientists claiming it was definitely a natural occurrence rather than a lab construct. But the arguments they used did not hold water. They didn't really make a lot of scientific sense. And yet all kinds of very important people started parroting what this paper said. And so that, of course, got me scratching my head saying, why are these people risking their reputation when it's obviously illogical, you know, doesn't hold water. Somebody must have made them publish this and somebody must have told these other people that they have to say it's it's a great piece of science. Yeah. Or, or we'll pull your funding. <laughs> we can't have that. Bert, you there? Oh, I'm right here. Yeah, I'll just let y'all talk first. No, you, I, you, I want to hear what you have to say. I just think that it's uh, the main point about this section is just the quickness that the media comes to to say that it wasn't man-made. Again, I don't know the answer, and I'm not saying which way it was, but it's just. It's just unreal that the media jumps on it immediately and says it's not man-made, even though they don't really have evidence that it's not. And it seems that they're quick to say things like baseless. You know, I know that was not the election, but it was still it's the same thing. It's been going on for forever since the Kennedy assassination. You know, uh, the conspiracy theorist, you know, if you if you think anything other than what we're telling you to think then you're not right and your neighbors aren't safe to be around you. I think the section five is uh, the next section is one of the best ones too from the movie when they talk about uh, uh, Robert Epstein when he was testifying to the United States Senate. That's pretty interesting. Let's listen. Well, but it's clip number eleven uh, kicks it off a little bit, but then twelve is the one I'm talking about. I uh, right. I, I did pull up real quick. I wanted to read off a number for how much money rolls from pharma into the media and from the uh, good. I bet it's not much. April eleventh, two thousand and seventeen, drug companies spend about five billion a year on advertising with corporate media outlets. 
So when Pfizer or Mork or Eli Lilly or any of, uh, any of the drug companies kill or cripple Americans with defective drugs, do you really think these board members are going to allow their story to be told on the air? 2017. Mm-mm. Well, that's why Anthony Fauci had to go on and apologize for calling the uh, Pfizer. Well, I believe it was the Pfizer vaccine, right? Coming out of England. Am I correct me if I'm wrong? Yeah, that's what. Yeah, because he, he said yeah. the Brit. He said some other Brits and yeah, it was kind of negative, and they they thought he was showing uh, favoritism, right? Yeah. Yeah, and the next day he was in there with his tail between his legs, going, "I'm sorry for saying that." No, no, no. <laughs> no he didn't. You know. He, it was a public, uh, what do you, what, it, apology, you know? But you know, the funny thing about that was, is he said, that, that's not what I meant to say, but exactly what you said is what you said. You're just apologizing because it upset people, and I understand that. But just just say you're sorry instead of saying, that's not what I meant to say. What it was the mean? man with the one arm. Yeah. What you understood what I heard, or what you heard me say. Uh, all right so speaking of propaganda clip 11 the pace of our modern world makes it nearly impossible for working people to research the events and policies that shape their lives when seeking answers to life's most pressing questions where do we go first google enter the subject hit go and there it is only what they want us to see in today's culture of copy and paste journalism it's common for hundreds of unrelated outlets to feature the exact same report. This is not the result of laziness. This is by design. When we see identical headlines across seemingly unrelated platforms, the logical mind concludes, well then, it must be true. The illusion that numerous news sources have arrived at the same conclusion gives us confidence to share the chosen narrative. And just like that, we become the unwitting pushers of propaganda. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. Woo! I love our democracy. (laughs) So one of the things that this kicks into for clips uh, 12 and 13 is like what Mickey Willis was just talking about. When you go into Google, you search. Google determines what you see. Google becomes a verb, and it's commonplace with everybody. But then in clip number 12, it's talking about how they testified and uh, lied that they didn't have this black uh, black list of uh, websites from Google's perspective, and they and they had to go uh, and they they lied and they had gotten busted for it. So if they've actually lied to you in the past, can you trust everything that they're going to bring back to you from their search engine? And that's one of the things they call out, and that's not fake news. And so I mean they they did get in trouble for that. So it's pretty interesting. There was a there was a news uh, publicator or <laughs> publicator publisher who uh, Breitbart was getting shadow banned, right? Was it them? I believe you're correct. Yes. So I'm sure uh, that all. <clears throat> uh, anyway, so, <laughs> no, you first. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. No, you're good. Um, so this was I'm so excited, <laughs> Dr. Robert Epstein. Uh, 2019 clip number 12 search engines are the holy grail for those seeking to control the narrative google is already more powerful in terms of its control over people's lives than almost every government on the planet 
As the most influential search engine in the world, through its ubiquitous reach, Google has more power to influence U.S. elections than any foreign nation. You testified before this committee. You said in subsequent elections, Google and Facebook and Twitter and big text manipulation could manipulate as many as 15 million votes in a subsequent election? And the methods that they're using are invisible. They're subliminal. They're more powerful than most any effects I've ever seen in the behavioral sciences. And I've been in the behavioral sciences for almost 40 years. Hmm. I think, uh, I think uh, the social dilemma did it better. <laughs> Yeah, they call. Yeah, there's a lot of things they call it. There's a different. Uh, that's not the same whistleblower from Google that was in the social dilemma, is it? Zach Voorhees? Is that how you say his name? Uh, I, I actually I don't remember. To tell you the truth, um, Voorhees. Oh, now now I just I got Friday the Thirteenth on the brain. <laughs> Can't hear it. So. Uh, so Zach was in Plandemic and Social Dilemma. I didn't really pay too. No, close I didn't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know which which Google whistleblower was in uh, the Social Dilemma. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, I I did see that. I tried not to pay it too much attention because I did Social Dilemma and Cuties back to back, which I couldn't recommend to anyone. <laughs> so we'll hop into <laughs> clip number thirteen. The blacklists is something that Google said didn't exist. And they testified that under oath. And nothing but the truth to help you guys. I do. Now, me as an engineer, I just did a search on Google's internal search engine, and guess what I found? <laughs> it had blacklisted search terms like cancer cures. Why is Google deciding what people can and cannot search for? What was once an efficient tool for navigating the world of information is now a network for global surveillance, data collection, and social engineering. Now let's take a look. I got I got a good one for that. You took you took do no evil to did some evil. <laughs> I mean they they they, they testify that they, they didn't have that and then it, you find out they do. So <laughs> they are proven to lie. And it's the same thing like when you're a witness or you are on a jury. If your credibility and your testimony is in jeopardy, people are not going to believe you. So why in turn are we supposed to just 100,000% believe whatever Google tells us now is is totally true when they've been proven to lie in the past? That's one of the things that's one of the most powerful points they bring up in this movie. These guys are so much in control of everything you see. And, and and if they put it out there, then it's totally true, but they've been proven to lie to you in the past. So why is it bad to question what they're doing? And they can lie to the Senate under oath without any consequences whatsoever. Because every fucking asshole that's up there asking them a question is in their fucking pocketbook. Well, one of the things, too, is if you said without anything, they may get fined, but they look at it as a cost of doing business, right? Yeah, well, if you were Roger Stone or Michael Flynn, you're getting, you know, or Paul Manafort, you're going to jail. Paul Manafort did fucking solitary shit for a, a very long time. Yeah. Now, I, um, 
I do have a Google search that someone had sent me, and the the question was, does hydroxychloroquine work against COVID? And this is a photo of the response. Uh, COVID-19 alert. Common question. Does hydroxychloroquine treat COVID-19? It is not at all clear. It is not at all, at all clear whether hydroxychloroquine is beneficial in preventing or treating COVID-19. It is currently under investigation in a variety of clinical trials, both to prevent COVID-19 and for treatment. Penn Medicine is participating in several clinical trials of medications to fight it. Uh, There are risks with taking this medication long-term, and it is not currently recommended for patients to take outside of a clinical trial and not if they do not have an established COVID-19 infection. I I interject take a a PCR test. What? Yeah. So they can't. Okay. You, Oh my God, it's still under investigation. Uh, Hydrochloroquine. We don't know if that can work, but we can get a fucking vaccine that you don't know what's in it or really how it works. Done in nine months. Uh, It's 100% safe. And we already know every fucking thing. And, And don't ask us, no, because it, it's uh, safe and effective, the end. But hydrochloroquine, we have not done nearly high, enough tests on that. High hydroxy hydroxy chloroquine, not hydro. It's not, it's not water. <laughs> hydroxy. Sorry, what was I saying? Hydrochloroquine. Uh, hydrochloroquine. Sorry. Whatever. I've been drinking. Sorry. I, I that's how. That's how people end up drinking bleach, dude. Okay. Yeah. Uh, be socially responsible. God. It's not all just about idiot. wearing a fucking mask. It's about saying the fucking words right. It's like when Ruth Bader Ginsburg or Ruth Gator Binsburg wants to say it all night. Oh lordy! So I'm uh, I'm looking at clip number fourteen here. And it's uh, this is the origins of Snopes, no, or is it? Uh, well, it, it's not just the origins. It talks about the controversy with the couple that started it, right? And they split, and uh, some of the financial situations that they dealt with. Well, here we go. Now let's take a look at a few of the most commonly used fact checkers, beginning with Snopes. The husband and wife duo of David and Barbara Mickelson founded Snopes.com in 1995. They have no journalism background or training whatsoever. They built their fact-checking empire by using Google as their primary verifying source. The Mickelsons divorced in 2015. Barbara sued David for embezzling money that he allegedly spent on prostitutes, as well as a lavish honeymoon with his new wife, who worked as an escort in Las Vegas before joining the Snopes cast of characters. In 2017, David Mickelson's new business partners filed a lawsuit accusing Mickelson of multiple counts of fraud and embezzlement. Snopes proclaimed to be the Internet's go-to source for discerning what is true and what is total nonsense. Yet one glance at their history of fact-free checking tells another story. When Dr. Mikovits claimed she was arrested without a warrant and jailed without a charge, Snopes rated her statement false. Had they bothered to explore the arrest documents, they would have seen that indeed there was neither a warrant nor signatures to officiate a charge, a fact that I confirmed with members of Dr. Mikovitz's legal team. Was there a search warrant? No. 
And was she ever charged? No. No. So there's a couple things I got to say before I forget about this clip. At the very beginning of it, I don't know what stuck out to you guys the most, but was the one where it said they had no journalism background. <laughs> I and thought they, they were talking about us there for a second. Yeah, and, they, and, they, and they use Google. They use Google for all their verification. So I remember, for example, when I was in college, and one of the things when I was in one of my English classes, the teacher said, "You cannot use Wikipedia as a resource because it's not verified. It's not like Encyclopedia Britannica or whatever, right?" But now, you know, people will take something like Snopes and totally believe it. They have no journalism background. They're using Google. But when they first came out, you're like, oh, these guys are independent fact checkers. They don't have an agenda. Hence the term no agenda. But, I mean, when they didn't even have a journalism background. And these are the people that are just verifying everything for you. The same people that believe everything Snopes says are the same people that didn't pay attention and try in their argumentative-based research class. Yeah, but I mean, say check it out, though, but this is a really good point to think about. You've got certain degrees of people and how they think. So you could take certain age groups. They're not going to do that type of research. So they're going to go on Snopes and they're going to say, oh, this is fake. And then they move on. And that's what they talk about in this movie. It's like these guys have influence so many people and they have no background in journalism and yet they are verifying journalistic facts that are expressed on the internet and or written pages and they have no credibility to do that except they're able to start a website name it something cute everybody believes it and then they move forward and they use google as their as their tool and then uh twitter blue checks come in and start reporting off of that (laughs) yeah I wonder how much taxpayer money uh, groups like PolitiFact or Snopes receive through grants well, or anything else. What's interesting when in the other the, the clip that's after this is is Facebook owns PolitiFact, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so, I, I, I think they're fact checking their own shit by an independent. I mean, if you if you hit that other clip with it, it talks about it and it talks about PolitiFact and it's kind of. God, fuck PolitiFact. I mean, there's a total there's a total conflict of interest in it. Whether your interest is one way or the other, it's not an abstract source. I mean, they're not objective. Not even close, man. Unless you consider unless you consider Facebook objective, right? Because you know, like during the election this year, they're like, "Here's what's happened with the election. There is no fraud. They're telling you all this stuff, and then you find out behind the scenes." That they have, you know, people that donate money to them and, and fund them and stuff like that. It's before the election, you're not allowed to share the story about anything derogatory toward the Joe Biden campaign. You know what I mean? You're like Joe yeah. Biden wants to ban fracking. No, not fact check false. Uh, well, and then the very first fucking day, you know. Did uh? Did you did you did you ever get banned from that uh, from that meme? The most dangerous meme. What? Did you ever get banned for that most dangerous meme? The Facebook no, book burners? Because it was, uh, I think I shared yours, your uh, copy of it. Yeah. And, I, and that's what I think happened. Um, but I did get a good response on that. But I'm done with Facebook. I'm not going back. Yield it's feedback. Like, you know, it's just like, God, I feel better already. Well, you know? let's, uh, I, I do want to hop back into this clip. So this is the clip number 20 that we're looking at. No, it's fifteen. It's out of order in the uh, 
where you're pulling them, you, you need to go to C15. And it's look, maybe look at the bottom. Oh, here we go. Facebook's fact-checking arm, PolitiFact, is owned by the Pointer Institute, which has received substantial funding from big pharma allies such as Google and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Like Snopes, PolitiFact has a history of misleading the public. In late January of 2019, PolitiFact, Snopes, and FactCheck.org raced to squash the notion that coronavirus and its treatments were patented. They reviewed only three of the 4,452 publicly available patents, which unmistakably show that SARS coronavirus detection and treatment had been widely patented by both the public and private sectors. Facebook's founder pledged to the WHO, saying they would remove false claims and block exploitative ads. They're working with the World Health Organization and with the NHS, so they have a hotline, if you like, from those official sources. Jesus, I can't wait for Facebook to fall. <laughs> I mean, but the, you, yeah, it, the, it, this is to me is very fascinating. So, Politifact is supposed to be the same concept as Snopes. Correct me if I'm wrong. Right. And they're supposed to, I guess, they check political facts or whatever their mantra is. But they're owned by Facebook. They're influenced by other companies, which means they have a conflict of interest, and that is something that is insane to me that these are the entities that are verifying whether something is true or not on the internet. And again, I'll, I keep saying these disclaimers, regardless of what your political or whatever leanings you have about however you feel about things, isn't it dangerous to have these people verifying that have a conflict of interest? It's, it's insane to me. Yeah, I, and, and I think to maybe fold into it just a little further, the mind-altering effects that feedback has on uh, somebody, you know, and it's just like quick little stabs of, hey, this is your truth for today. And if you go to click on it, you can obviously see that it's linked to our trusted verifiers, so you know that it's good, upstanding, quality material and uh, it's exactly what you need to know for today. Be sure to share it with all of your friends. Like, rate, and subscribe. <laughs> Man, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was on the point there, and it was like, you threw me off there, but that's great. <laughs> um, uh, I will go back to my previous point of being that, you know, most people, the overwhelming majority of of our population in this country, especially the uh, young people, I, I shouldn't even say that. I'll just stick with the overwhelming yeah, population. I was going to say it's our a little ages. You know, we can go back to my argumentative, argumentative based research class. You know, the the writing class where you have to have write a thesis. You learn how to write a thesis. You know, argue your thesis and, can, and wrap it up in a conclusion. Very basic, simple shit. It's not fucking hard. It's so easy. It's ridiculous. But man, I started out that class with like 40 people in it. Holy and we shit. ended with nine or something. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I got to, you know, we have to actually write five papers in a semester. And it's like, man, they're only like four or five pages. Yeah. Not that hard. I will you know? say, I, I I definitely agree that uh, writing was one of the best things about 
college for myself outside of just doing the theater shit. Um, yeah. It's, you know, once you, you know, taught how to format it, mm-hmm. it's really easy. I, I, I mean, you can write a paper by just doing nothing but uh, using quotes that other people have already written as long as you summarize it up and in, in, in you know, in an argument or do you, whatever. Do you like my MLA handbook from 2004 that I have here? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you still keep that close by, don't you? Yeah, I don't think this is the one from school. I picked it up uh, somewhere else, but some good shit. Um, and, but, you know, but, going through all these notes, I, I just want to uh, tack on here really quick. Going through these notes and the layouts and the way Discord is going tonight, uh, this shit... Um, I don't know if we'll be able to continue to use Discord, but if there is an application that behaves in these same functions where you can format text and drop audio clips into, you know, combine Word with whatever you would call Discord, that shit would be hella legit. And please let me know, because looking at uh, the way atlas formatted the 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 show flow for tonight and having the clips i mean if you could combine them in you know into one thing like holy fuck that would be amazing isn't that what uh isn't that what they do with that's what is the thing they build new agenda on what's it called um oh actually i do have that tool pulled up no but i'm but what what was oh 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 uh the freedom controller yeah freedom controller right so i mean i i downloaded that but i haven't had a chance to try to go through it i think that's what does something like that right well the the idea with the freedom controller is that it is and i'm probably gonna butcher this so (laughs) everybody out there please feel free to not give a fuck it's okay but what i understand is that the freedom controller is like a news aggregator river sort of mechanism where when you go into news articles and you read them it strips the text from the body of the article and will save it to this sort of news feed i think they call it a river and if you choose to it, it, it like it, it also functions as a blog and sort of social media pusher so mm-hmm. it'll publish to Twitter, Mastodon, um, as far as I understand, I could be wrong, but if you go and look at all of Adam's postings on No Agenda and click on some of those links, it'll take you to the Twitter and the Mastodon ones, which is phenomenal. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah, it, it, it would be good to have a tool that, that does stuff like that because then you can just it, basically like a project file and you put it all in there and dump it and you can follow the script that makes it yeah, yeah it work really well. Yeah, but I think the Freedom Controller would be more specific to uh, show note storage. Mm, sure. Um, and it makes it searchable, too, So, because I think that's what a lot of all those apps you get from the iOS store or anywhere else where you can, you know, search shows from, like, you know, three years back, and it just pulls in the feed from that stuff. Yeah, it's it's really phenomenal stuff. Um, I, I definitely want to see how far I can push the uh, show note generator. Um, maybe start making a fucking uh, weekly habit of digging through every article because so some of the shit. <laughs> there was an article I gotten all pissed off. It was one of those anti-conspiracy theory ones. It was a study paywalled, and I got all pissed off. And 
uh, stumbling around, found the fucking free version of it sitting in the show notes. They didn't talk about it. It was just hanging out. It was like, oh, so there's stuff that they don't reference on the show in here. That's amazing. Um, but yeah, I guess more so what I was just getting at is like, okay, how cool would it be to be able to drop the clips from Discord into this Word file? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I see what you're saying. Yeah. You can embed it. Yeah, I mean, you could even embed MP3s into a Word document, but then that just becomes a giant file, too. But if you got it on your machine, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Right. Ooh. Hmm. Okay. I got some ideas for later. Uh, I don't want to <laughs> get any more sidetracked than we already are. So now we're looking at clip number 16. Clip number... Oh, I lost it on the paper now. Getting all excited. Uh... So to catch us back up, uh, Martin covers how it can be easy to not have trust in the CDC based on the past. I feel what? like <laughs> I feel like we haven't really touched on the CDC all that much tonight. Yeah, this is a good one. This uh, these three clips are pretty good. All right, well, um, I'm going to do them in pretty quick uh, succession since they're all um, relatively short. Sure. And so what they have done is they've decided that there's an approved narrative. If it is in line with the CDC's public pronouncements, and if it's in line with the World Health Organization public pronouncements, it is presumed to be correct. I don't have to remind many Americans that the Center for Disease Control was the one that said you should use DDT in your homes. Used right, it is absolutely harmless to humans and animals. Remember the name, DDT. A scientific panel today reported that pesticides may indeed represent a grave threat to mankind. I'm baking muffins as best as I can. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wow, I did not, I totally forgot that they have a, uh, that DDT commercial. I'm going to go back, I'm going to pull that, we're going to have it. We're going to have it hanging around on this show for a long while. (laughs) Yeah, they're just sitting there. Taking bong hits of DDT. You know? I mean, you, you you think about that, and you and that, I, I said it at the beginning of the show. The CDC is you're supposed to take everything they say right now and believe it and move forward and do it and without any question. And if you question them, you're wrong. Mm. But when you look back at that and you say, well, in the past they actually did things like this, so they've not always been perfect. So is it okay to at least question it? No. Or you go to jail if you even question it. That's the problem that I have with this stuff is in the past, they've done things that are uh, very bad. And Mike Wallace even goes further in it on the 60-minute uh, clip, too, on the next one. Roll it. Remember the swine flu scare of 1976? That was the year the U.S. government told us all that swine flu could turn out to be a killer. And Washington decided that every man, woman, and child in the nation should get a shot to prevent a nationwide outbreak, a pandemic. Well, 46 million of us obediently took the shot. Did anyone ever come to you and say, there's the possibility of neurological damage if you get into a mass immunization program? No. No one ever did? No. I can't believe that they would say that they did not know that there were neurological illnesses associated with influenza vaccination. That simply is not true. We did know that. Uh, And he's lying. I guess you would have to um, 
make that assumption. Then why does this report from your own agency list neurological complications as a possibility? You didn't feel it was necessary to tell the American people that information. Dr. Sensor's CDC also helped create the advertising to get the public to take the shot. The vaccines are safe, so roll up your sleeve. And now Americans are claiming damages from Uncle Sam amounting to three and a half billion dollars. By far the greatest number of the claims, two-thirds of them, are for neurological damage or even death. Well, you can see where they, they, where they made the changes from 1976 to now. The uh, pharmaceutical companies had $3 billion they had to pay out in damages in 1976. So they were able to learn from that. And now they know they had to pay off their government buddies to write a law saying they're not liable for any damages now. And they're going to try to force everybody to take it. So now it's just a win-win. Well, it talks about, I mean, that's one of the laws that the Reagan passed, right? What, in, was it 85 or 84, mm-hmm. where you can't sue the pharmaceutical companies yeah. for wrongdoing? I mean, that's what a lot of this stuff led to. The other thing to take into account is how much, how much money did they say the, the losses were? Three, three billion? Yeah, in 76. Which right. is what I'm saying. In 76 money, three billion is what? I mean, think about that. I don't know. That's <laughs> mean, trillion. No, I mean, I'm, just, I'm just saying that's a ton of money. And they're, yeah. and they're just it's like, a ton well, of money. they're yeah. just like, well, the CDC just told you to do this, so get in line and do whatever. It, they even had the, it's really interesting. They had the same vernacular. Roll up your sleeve. And just like what they're telling you now, roll your sleeve up. <laughs> again, again, this one thing it's it's not i'm not coming at it from the anti-vax perspective i'm coming at it from the you cannot be surprised that people would question this especially if people have memory or know that this stuff happened in the past why in the world wouldn't people at least question it i mean or have the right to question it you should it's yeah. not like you're an evil person in society if you just want to at least question it especially when this stuff has happened in the past by that same organization didn't like stupid people when we were, no, I'm not saying stupid people, but didn't people, you know, when we were in high school wear, I'll call them stupid t-shirts, that said like question authority, you know, all the time. Or throw, throw away your television or question authority or whatever, yeah. Now it's just like, <laughs> where do I get my jab? <laughs> Where's my jab? Where Where's my is, it reminds me of an OJ Simpson joke. Uh, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to harp on this too much, but this is the the part that I have a major, major problem with. The majority of society, I don't know if that's a fair statement, but a ton of people in society are following along, and they're like, "Fauci is is a great." I don't know Fauci. I don't know him personally. He's a great person. You trust his science. The CDC is telling you what you do. You just need to do it. Blah, blah, blah. Everybody's just super falling in line with it. But when you look back in history, there's been a lot of bad cover-ups and bad things that have happened. So a smart person would, would take a step back and say, hey, is this okay? But if you do that now, you're considered a bad actor mm. is what you are. A DVE. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. New band name. Called it. Actually, I uh, from one of the other dudes in uh, one of the other show chats, I forget which one, um, he spat out something. I was like, this is amazing. And it's called Atomic Orgy. 
That's a good. That's a good fucking band name. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I just. I, I even have it on a sticky note. I'm not even. I'm not even playing. I was like, I love this so much. I'm gonna write it down. <laughs> Way better than DVE. Say that for the fucking nine eleven like commission that it's going to be a part of. Again, it goes back to the fact that uh, the the general public doesn't have any idea that the CDC has made horrible mistakes and covered it up and, and all that, you know, and that pharmaceutical companies have killed a lot of people and had neurological disorders through vaccinations and stuff like that. And it's- that Bill Gates is Satan. <laughs> no, that is. I'm going to fact check you on that one because we all know on this show who Satan is. George Senior, Satan himself. He's dead. <laughs> huh? He's dead. He's been dead for a long time, dude. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right. I'm sorry. We're back on track now. What is this? 18 controlled media. Some fucking Satan's army. Because if you can keep people from assembling, guess what they're not talking about? They're not talking about the issues of the campaign. If you can keep people in their homes, the only source of information that you can have is what you curate for them. Now I know how to target my electorate. They're in the only place I allow them to be. Being fed the only message I'm allowing them to hear. Through a media that I control. Wow. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Sounds a little uh I don't know what the word is. I Racist? Just, no, no, no. It's no. Just uneasy. I just <clears throat> the idea of being told, right. hey, if you go outside you are directly going to result in the death of someone. So in order for the better good and to do your part and to follow the rules, you're going to have to stay home when it's necessary, like really necessary. You can go out, but you you have to carry on your shoulders the potential guilt of doing something like that to someone or not even someone. Maybe you give it to someone and they give it to their parents. <laughs> From now on, anytime anybody ever gets sick again, it's like, <laughs> if you would have done your part, you wouldn't have risked your life and everyone's life around you. You know, I don't, I don't buy into that. And that's why it's almost like when I'm <laughs> walking into the Dollar General without my mask on. And the Dollar General, I might add, is one of the dirtiest places on earth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I go in there. And um, and I see somebody else without a mask on, and it's just like we're both subconsciously just like it's almost like you know you're riding a Harley down a motorcycle down the road, and another motorcycler is coming down the other way, and you just put out the peace sign, you know. I uh, the way I was taking that is: Do you ever see someone with a beard, and you have a beard, and you're like, man, it'd be really nice to rub our beards together. It's called a scruff rub. 
You've never done a scruff robe before? Well, <laughs> not that I can recall. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, you know, hey, you know. I, I do find it uh, disturbing. What? Sorry. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, it's it feels really fun, actually. <laughs> it is quite enjoyable. Yeah. Get over here. <laughs> um, so... Yes, disturbing was the word I was trying to think of. The idea of being, you know, it's it's imperative that you must stay connected to our sources so we, the truth, can keep you updated and posted as to what's what's going on. Um, because if you look anywhere else, you're you're going to kill someone, and um, you just you can't let that happen. Your grandmother is going to die. It's going to be and your fault. I, I'm borderline furious that I have to actually say these words because they are cold and I wouldn't say cold, but they're they're callous and jaded. I, I just I'm sick of it. I am legitimately fucking sick of this fucking manipulation of people's need to you know not be a dick to other people it's it's abusive it's it's i already said manipulative but it is completely and totally and it's not new sorry i i just i I really i really am sick of it and you know it's none of none of the information that we could ever find or the perspe- the perspectives that we could provide or the ins- in- insights you know none of it will do any good because you're not some cold black slab of overcompassing fucking end all be all truth worship us because we're your new fucking gods and you better start fucking liking it Right, and what the fuck are you supposed to do about it? What do you? What recourse do you got? Shut up, slave! <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What is the one on the just shut up, slave, and eat your macaroni? <laughs> the macaroni and cheese is a very. I think that's only something that no agenda could ever pull off. Like being able to figure out what's up with the mac and cheese. That's uh, that that's some that's some fucking. It takes a it takes a group of producers and people, you know, searching yeah. this, coming up with conclusions. Yes. Yeah, top tier. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, top fucking shelf. Um. So I. I do think we're coming up on 160 minutes. So I'm curious. Uh, we're about halfway through the clips. Um, would y'all be opposed to doing the next two? And that would leave us with a solid 20 for the next one. And we could do a two-parter. Yeah, I think would be great. Sure. It's got to go. It has to go that way. Because I can't get that drunk tonight. Uh, yes, you can. <laughs> Yes, you can. If if uh, Sir Sitter and I can do five hours on holograms and UFOs, you, you can know. sit here and let me rant at you. <laughs> Get over here. 
rub my beard up all in that cheap no, cheek. No, that sounds that sounds good to me. But <laughs> are you going to do? No, not the not the beard rubbing. <laughs> all right, <laughs> I can't grow a beard anyway. So, um, there's there's you, other methods. <laughs> are you going to do uh, section seven? You going to do these next ones or what? The only reason I was asking, have you guys heard of Operation Mockingbird before or not? Oh, yeah. Oh, See, I've yeah. never heard of it before. Who are you oh, talking to? Dude. Yeah, that that's like whenever whenever I see whenever I see Anderson Pooper, I'm like, oh, look at that beautiful little bird singing. It's just magnificent. It makes me want to go to the Capitol and have an erection. <laughs> did you see did you see when the when or, or listen to No Agenda when they uh, Dvorak and him and Curry Broke it down like uh, uh, Curry was uh, Anderson Cooper. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he's like blah 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 blah. Not my president. And then <laughs> and, and thank you, thank you for this moment. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's pretty oh, good. Yeah. That was a good one. I mean, if you if you ever fuck around with uh, is it, it's uh, it's either Rothschilds or Rockefellers. I can't remember. He's from one of them. Um, yeah, tragically, he had a. Um, a brother that passed away, but he also, as a child, shows up in these super occultic photos. So you know, if you want to, um, and there's there's a I, I am also firmly of the mindset that there's a total fucking esoteric occultist sort of flavoring to all this COVID nineteen shit. You know, the fact that it's nineteen years later, um, it's got the same ramifications as nine eleven. Um, and you got all these same fucking weird ass occultic players like Anderson Pooper. COVID hates us because of our freedoms. So, I uh, yeah, I think we should do section seven, and uh, that gets yeah. us through nineteen and twenty-two. Um, yeah, that's fine. Sure, and then we can cut it. Cool. So, power-hungry people controlling the narrative—they. They call them Mockingbirds. Yeah, it's all about the Operation Mockingbird. Since the invention of the printing press, there's been a battle to control disseminated information. In the early 1900s, oil tycoon John D. Rockefeller took control of every newspaper and news editor of his era. Here's a new and forthright attack on Moscow. He became America's first billionaire, paving the way for the power-hungry ever since. Thus began the gold rush for the modern world's most precious resource, the narrative. <laughs> That's good. I like that line. <laughs> the world's most precious resource, the narrative. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That that's that's some. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, I I we've we've definitely been kind of uh, beating the fuck out of that horse tonight, but. At the end of the day, that's it. Is that it? Is that narrative? It's that spin. It's that that story you have to tell. Um, I just sometimes it gets really shitty to to know that the people you really care about um, believe someone else's story more than your story. Mm. Well, I, one one point to that is I think it's it's just my opinion. I think it's very important. To hear other people's opinions and talk to them, and it's important to have channels open where you can talk to people civilly without arguing and freaking out. 
But that's part of the problem with the narrative is you can only think one way. And if you think differently, then people, then even family members will argue with you or even hate you. And, 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 and I think that that's insane. And it's not even to me, it's not even so much as, um, you know, you're, you're, you're refusing to hear someone's opinions out that you're coming in to forcibly swap chips in someone's brain or anything. Yeah. It's the fact that, that, uh, Mr. Underscore Smith dot exe always rears its ugly ass head up Mm. and the, the fucking, the system, you know, whether it be the pharma system, the propaganda system, the media system, (laughs) you're already kind of touched on the fact that both of those are the same or, or, you know, at least, um, you know, holding hands. But it's the fact that 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 the how do you combat the propaganda? That's a, an amazing. How do you combat the propaganda? I don't think that you can. Um, well, you can I'll, you can turn you can turn it off. Turn it off. Well, that's personally yes. You have the you have your own. You can free- try to influence. You can try to influence your friends and tell and tell people too to. I mean, I'm not just marking for no agenda, but it's the same concept what behind the schemes does. You're trying to deconstruct what's out there, and if you teach people that same discernment tool, the majority of people will see through this. And, I mean, a lot of it comes from voting, which everybody's mad about now anyways. But, I mean, if you, it's a grassroots movement to teach people to see through the, the lies that they give you in the media. But propaganda is as old as time. And it's it's like it's a new concept to people, and they think the news tells you all the truth. Yeah. So now, I've been, you know, hell, I even went, I even tried to, I registered as a Republican. I guess what I'm saying, you know, and so now for somebody to call me a Republican is like, okay, all right, fine, fair enough. I did register as a Republican, but back when George uh, W. Bush was um, our president. And nine eleven and all that. I was unaffiliated, and I was always unaffiliated um, until just a few years ago. Anyway, my point being, when um, when George W. Bush was in office and nine eleven happened, I hated that motherfucker, you know. But I also was learning that, like, you know, John Kerry is not good either, you know. Mm-hmm. And nice. they all play for the same fucking team. <laughs> yeah, but luckily I was able to vote for Ron Paul. <laughs> Man, that shit. I just, uh, the it fact that they were. <laughs> my point kind of being, or, no, my point is I'm going a real roundabout way to get here. But uh, 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 Atlas agent and I have a, have a common friend from way back. And, it, and he's a hardcore Republican. And, um. And, you know, we disagree 100% on George Bush. You know, uh, he loves him, can't do anything wrong. I tried to get him to watch. So we're talking about propaganda, right? And 9-11 has always been, it's it's something that, you know, I've talked about on this show numerous times of how I was called a lemming and then I went to prove somebody wrong. And it was like, well, how about that? You know, I never realized that this shit is right. You know, and you you have these 
clearly, you know, if you're like, follow the science. It's like, okay, well, how, tell me scientifically, how does a plane fly into the Pentagon and have two big giant jet engines on its wing and not leave any holes in the walls? You know, shit like that. You know, it's pretty obvious. And then there's <laughs> Tower 7. Fall straight down at free fall speed. How did the 9-11 Commission report, uh, report on that? Uh, it didn't. Anyway, I tried to get our friend, our common friend, to just watch the video of Tower 7 collapsing. That's all I wanted him to do, is to just watch it. And because he was such a Trump supporter... Or not Trump supporter, but <laughs> the Republican. The other one. <laughs> yeah, George W. Bush. Um, uh, I'm going to be making, I'm going to, I'll bet you in four years, I'm going to be like, fuck Trump. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but uh, who knows? Maybe not. We'll see. But he was such a George Bush supporter that he wouldn't watch the video because he knew that it would make him question his own thoughts, you know? So how do you fight the propaganda when people don't want to see? So I, 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 I give an answer to that And this. It might sound kind of cheesy when you build relationships with people and they trust you and they respect you, whether they agree with you or disagree with you, it opens the door for conversations like that. Sometimes they'll listen, sometimes they won't. But if your conversations are built on how much you hate each other and how stupid each other is, you know, and you disagree with each other or whatever, if you go down that path of where you respect each other and talk to each other, it opens that door, and you might be able to make that bridge. It, it sounds cheesy, but that's that's the only way to be able to do it is have open conversations with people and not shoot down their opinion aggressively, but you can agree to disagree. But right. I mean, that's one of the only ways that you can, in my opinion, that you can do it. And there's been many times I try to convince people, you know, things and, you know, my passion about it, it gets across to them and they may agree or disagree with me, but at least we have the conversation as opposed to just being a robot. I just, I don't, I don't care how people think if they want to believe whatever they want to, that's fine. Just don't be a robot and just be programmed by whatever you hear, you know, from your antenna, you know, I, I- I think one of the the main red flags is like when some is conspiracy theorist or something, or, you know, when that shit comes up, it's like, well, you know, the demonization of the conspiracy theory um, thought, you know, I guess, you know, it came from 9-11 or whatever. It, it's because JFK. It did come from JFK. Yeah, JFK and Nixon, and it came from World War One and Two. I mean, it's it's conspiracy theories have been all over the world. Well, no, the it, the specifically the term conspiracy theorist was uh, generated. Oh, from right. 9-11. No, 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 for, no for JFK. JFK. Okay, to I'm discredit yeah. any detractors from what the uh, the official narrative was being perpetrated as. You know, I don't. I know that like. I'm not saying I don't know who are the culprits of 9/11, but I the do lizard know. people. <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh, I do know that it ain't the way the 9/11 Commission report said it. And yes, I did read it. I've got a copy of it right over here on my shelf, and um, uh, it was you know. Uh, 
because it's fascinating. It's fascinating. But I never, I don't try to, you know, claim that like, oh, you don't believe in 9-11? Then you're a fucking dick, you know, or well, something. I mean, it's, but it's, it's like knowing your audience too, right? Because if, if you come across somebody that was, had somebody that was impacted personally by it or they lived there or something like that, it, it may be a different audience. And, you know, some people are offended by it or some people aren't even open to listening to it in the first place. But if they really like you and they really trust you, they would be open to listen to you at least. Right. A lot, and I mean, then, more times than not, I think. But. And, and it's it goes again hand in hand, right, with COVID nineteen. You know, let's see, mm-hmm. it's you're, the, this is just simply <laughs> shit you're not allowed to talk about. See, here's here's a good example is, and I know we're trying to cut off real soon, but I don't know if you remember Cuomo's brother. I forgot what his first name is. He works for CNN, right? Chris. 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 Is that Chris is K R I S S. K R I K R S one. Yeah, Chris. K R. So, um, so when when he was given his diary every day, and he was talking about how he's suffering down in the basement, and he has COVID, and he can't even move, and it's just the worst thing he's ever experienced. Then he got busted being out in public while he was supposed to be in quarantine. And it was on Sirius XM and whatever. And it was never disputed, but it wasn't really talked about in the media. But my point is, I think everybody knows that story. I talked to one of my friends who's very liberal, and I talked to him about that. And I said, well, we're supposed to believe what the news tells us. But the news lied to us and told us that he was in quarantine for two weeks when he was not. And his response to me was, was, uh, well, maybe uh, Cuomo shouldn't have done that. And I said, no, the only reason I'm saying this is because you brought up COVID. I said, no, you're missing the point. The news lied to you. And these are the people that you're trusting every day to bring this information to you. And you don't notice that that's a big deal. And that's part of the huge root of the problem with being able to influence anybody because they just believe whatever comes out. Even if even if they got lied to, they're like, well, yeah, they probably shouldn't have done that. Which uh, which one was it? Was it Brian Williams ran back to his helicopter in a rain of bullets or some shit? <laughs> the machine gun fire uh, it was at him. Yes. NBC, you are here to listen and not speak. Because <laughs> you'll fuck it up. Um, so what were they saying in, in uh, 1975 about uh, the fake news empire? have any people being paid by the CIA who are contributing to a major circulation American journal. During a Senate committee investigation, it was revealed that the CIA had been conducting a covert operation to infiltrate and control U.S. media. They called it Operation Mockingbird. We do have people who submit pieces to American journals. Do you have any people paid by the CIA who are working for television networks? This, I think, gets into the kind of details, Mr. Chairman, that I'd like to get into in executive session. Over 3,000 CIA-contracted and trained operatives are placed in key positions within top media outlets. Posing as editors and journalists, these well-paid actors never dared to question the effect of their lies on the world beyond their cozy studio. (laughs) Yep, Anderson Pooper right there for you, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) 
it's, I think it's more like uh, Orange Man's got an inside a raging <laughs> erection on the Capitol. Uh. <laughs> oh my god, there is one gif of him out there. And uh well for you know people that are checking out our video stream right now, he's doing all this crazy ass fucking <laughs> facial twerks. <laughs> it's it's uh, really quite something. I don't think he's really so much of a, a, as a newscaster as he is an actor, like most of <laughs> the rest of the media. Uh, I think CNN has been like that since I know I was in uh, high school. Uh, I remember watching the invasion of <clears throat> Iraq, you know, the first one. What was it? General Schwarzkopf and all that shit. And um, they had the two CNN correspondents, and I'm sure you can find this online. Where they're oh hiding yeah 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 from, from fucking scud missile attacks, boo! You know they're hiding from shit uh, in Atlanta. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I have seen this. <laughs> yeah, they're in, in Atlanta. Holy fuck! Well, and maybe it was a virtual virtual session. They had a Zoom session back then, even in nine and back then in the day. Well, you know, it's like. <laughs> I guess he's he's my uncle in law. Great, awesome dude. Uh, was in the I believe it was the army in, uh, or maybe it was the air force in World War Two or not World War Two Vietnam, and uh, but he was stationed in Alaska. You know, and he's like, well, man, they were shooting toward us. <laughs> you know, we we're just a long way away. You know, <laughs> and then my. Father-in-law's like, thank you for your service. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> oh great shit, man. Well, uh... Hearing gonna... garage doors in Alaska. <laughs> Jesus. Actually, I'm gonna go take a Bimrose. I'll be right back, but y'all continue on. All right, all right. We're doing these last two clips, and that's it, right? Yeah. What clip are we on? Well, you just did the Mockingbird clip, right? C20? That's 20? C20? You just did C20. Oh, we did just did C20, so we're on uh, Senate hearing. So now we're on uh, John Stockwell, CIA, bam. How often does the CIA manipulate the media in this way? It goes beyond your wildest imagination. Setting up student organizations so they could draw radical students in. 5,000 university professors co-opted to help the CIA manipulate people's minds. Journalists in the U.S., including big-name journalists, co-opted to function routinely to help the CIA put out stories and biases to the world. As this 1952 CIA memo says, the aim is controlling an individual to the point where he will do our bidding against his will. Yeah, I'm reading None Dare Call It Treason right now, 1964. Uh, You know, and it's talking about uh, a lot about how communism, communists have been infiltrating the government since, you know, pre-World War II. And that's not even talking about communists. That's just talking about the CIA trying to influence people, period, whether it's our policy or if it's. But my point being is that now, you know, 
the proof being that John Brennan was the head of the CIA. He's a fucking <laughs> communist. Tell me he's not. He even voted for a communist. How do you vote for a communist and then go, nah, now I'm a capitalist? <laughs> you know, I don't think it happens. You know really. what he's not? A libertarian. <laughs> Shit. We're no. a decent human being. But um, my point is being that, you know, the levels, that's why Trump, wasn't able to do it. I mean, it, you know, they've got the Republican Party infiltrated almost it is, to the it is kind of a one party sort of setup. Yeah, totally. And I mean, uh, fucking all for starting a new party or something like that. I don't do I think it'll work. Probably not. No, because, you know, they're not just going to lay down and give it up. You know, they've got they, can, they got the they own the voting machines. <laughs> Well, and the judges, and the court <laughs> and the CIA, and the media, and the and the colleges, and the universities, and everything you, you else. Know my, you know my favorite CIA lie: they're ripping babies out of incubators and throwing them on the ground mm-hmm. in Kuwait. Yeah. Wait, no, that was that was Bush, right? No, that wasn't Kuwait. Out of the room and selling the parts. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm saying uh, Bush used it to get into Iraq to go after Saddam, right? That they had the yeah, ambassadors. H.W. Bush. Yeah, yeah. they were saying Same. Iraq invaded. Um, um, whatever it was, I said. But no, they they had that ambassador's daughter come out to the. Uh, if it wasn't the UN, I don't remember who it was, but you know they got her to say. You know, I saw it firsthand. They were ripping babies out of these incubators at the hospital, and um, turned out that she was nowhere near Iraq at the time that this was supposed to happen. Anyways, mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 Satan. It's the CIA. Like <laughs> hey, George W. Bush was like, um, uh, where was it? He was joking about it. Where are the weapons of mass destruction? Are they over here? No, they ain't over here. <laughs> They over here? No, they ain't over here. <laughs> you know, it's like, how many motherfuckers did y'all you kill over this? Jesus. What the fuck? Uh, all right. We got two more. Clip 21. John Stockwell. He just pointed out. Oh, oh. Sorry, you're, oh I'm you, late. You, oh, so clip number 22. The Federal yeah. Communication Act of 1996. So how do we know that Operation Mockingbird still isn't in effect? Well, we don't. It was the Telecommunications Act of 1996 that opened the door for predatory corporations to monopolize the industries of print and broadcast. This bill protects consumers against monopolies. It guarantees the diversity of voices. Today, a handful of corporate empires own and control the vast majority of everything you read, hear, and watch. From the biggest movie studios, television and radio networks, newspapers and magazines, to the vast universe of internet news and entertainment sites. I guess we do classify as an entertainment site. Do either of y'all find it interesting that like you can go online and pretty much find any porn that you can imagine uh, at the click of a mouse, but if you try to watch how the or search how the election is stolen or uh hydroxychloric 
hydroxychloroquine, not hydrochloroquine, uh, is a good uh, is a good you know means of treating COVID. You can't find that shit, but you can find like you know. Well, I think it's porn to, you want to watch, man. To uh, to to one of those that you just said, I think it goes something like, "Oh fuck, you just said the word election." Mm-hmm. Like, oh fuck, you're gonna make me dumb. Uh, Anderson Cooper would have been like, "I think you meant to say erection." <laughs> and then Chuck Schumer turns around and does it. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> they're getting an erection trying to impeach a president that's not even a president. Uh, it's, it's insane. They can't. I'm not going to go there. Not going to okay. go there. Okay. I'm going to save the whole. Okay, we're going to have a ruling class that gets to decide who can run and who can't run for office. Uh, that's a great idea. I'm going to save that for another episode. Not my president. <laughs> not my president. Thank you. Thank you for this moment. <laughs> Oh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be quite the spectacle. Um, but on that note, it's been it's been really fun. Um, we should set up in the, in the next couple of days part two for all this, and uh, we'll It'll be good for Thursday. Yeah, yeah. If, if we if we can do it, Bert. Uh, yeah, it should be fun. All right. Hell yeah! Um, it work because this has been really good, and you know we got it laid out. Let's knock it out quick yeah and uh on on the, that note you know you can you can try and follow us on social sesame at this point uh, i don't think uh <laughs> i don't think if we try to do on anything on there it's uh we would last all that long so find us on our I'm, website I'm it's uh behind the schemes.com sch3n3s straight from uh the mini ocalypse on booberry i don't have anything else to say Thanks, Atlas Agent, for being with us tonight. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. Looking forward to it. Thank you, Atlas. It's been good. It's going to be good. It's going to be really good for part two. Um, All right. I hope everybody has a good night, and we'll catch you next time. All right, guys. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Talk to you later.